with the confidence this team has, they've already hit bumps in the road that would have sunk other offenses. Losing Mark Andrews, then losing Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. You know what championship teams have? Next they have guys that step up. Next man up mentality. I can remember our Super Bowl year. We lost Sproles. He was a huge deal. This guy's like a Hall of Famer. You know who stepped up? All those running backs. Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement, Jason Peters went down. Who stepped up? Big V. Got himself a contract. Mm -hmm. So the point is, when you're on a team like this, you got to have the depth pieces and you got to have the, the support system to elevate those guys. They have this. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. It's a new year. Welcome to 2024. We've got playoff implications galore here today. Chris and Kyle talk you through everything that happened in week 17 in the NFL, including the biggest story, the referee's blunder in the Cowboys-Lions game on Saturday. We also run through the Sunday slate, the Eagles' loss of the Cardinals. The Chiefs are able to hang on against the Bengals. The Ravens race past the Dolphins to the AFC's number one seed. They're going to have a decision on their hands whether to rest some starters next week as they head into their bye. The 49ers easily blow past the Commanders. And what might happen in Week 18? Could the Steelers make it into the playoffs? They need a lot of help. Who comes out of the AFC South? Who comes out of the NFC South? Well, all that plus our Miller Lite moments and America's teams. A great New Year's show for you today. Please enjoy. Welcome, Greenlight well, Podcast. It's a new year. Happy new morning. <clears throat> happy New Year. I almost tweeted last night the Eagles are not losing again this year, but I thought people would like abuse me for months to come. <laughs> you know, like people just so just not getting the joke, but making the joke me. Um, I got some English tea. It's a good way. I'm starting the new year off like this. No coffee. I'm yeah. the tea. Yeah, that's good. I saw you were getting some shit about that. Uh, from a bunch of guys that you can beat up online. Shout out to Wawa. What a nice guy, though. Oh, how emasculating is that? You're you're drinking tea. I've been nicer online. You get get fucking curb stomped by a guy who drinks tea. Okay, try <laughs> that on for bad. size. That's too tea bad. Hey, um, before we get into America's team, uh, happy New Year to everybody. Happy um, New Year. New Year, new you. Right. <laughs> right. Um, Hope you made it through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny, I, my first America's team, before we even get into America's teams, is football guys, because last night, Meg's up dealing with the baby mm -hmm. at midnight. Um, we did like the kid countdown at nine o'clock where they think they're, you know, we woke the baby up, like yeah. the baby cared. You guys and were so like the baby had a hard time. at 6 p.m. Yeah, exactly, we, origato. <laughs> New Year, yeah. Wayland. And then Let's we're go. in Ber Berlin and all this stuff, but but it gets to be like 11.45, and I'm not even thinking about the time anymore because I'm just working on this show, and I call Nolan, and we're gonna go through the show, and, and uh, at 12.05, I look up and I go, man, I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, Happy New Year. I didn't even realize it was, we totally missed midnight. I had we were no talking, idea we were just ranting about yeah. the Ravens. We're at the age now where you wake up the next morning to 8 a.m. text that say Happy New Year. Right. It's yep. not like, let's yep. fuck with these people. Like, mm -hmm. I got one FaceTime from a guy in California, and I'm like, he just doesn't get it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is kind of on. Also, the this train. texting on the holidays thing. Like I used to get stressed out about, about it until I re happy Thanksgiving, Merry it's Christmas, Marco Merry Polo. Christmas, I, I like, Merry Christmas. Ah, I got to check and make sure this guy's not Jewish. I'm nervous. Like you know, it's just a loaded thing around the holidays where people text you, but really, it's not that. It's not that hard. If somebody texts you, you text them back. Otherwise, you don't have to worry about did I text this person Merry Christmas. It's what it doesn't the Facebook matter. poke is. It's like, are you still there? <clears throat> you know. And, what about and the automatic automation stuff? So just we, stop. Will you send Happy New Year? Does the fireworks? Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. You know what? I do like that. You like the fireworks? Do you? Like when I say congrats, and I didn't even mean it's for like, it to be over the top, but Apple has done uh, done a number on making it special. When it you say scares that. me. So all I'm saying is like, there's no need to text anybody on a holiday. That you know, like a birthday. Sure. I got one of those clock reminders last night. It was like set a. Set a timer reminder Please. for New Year's. Not doing all like, that. I was like, swipe left, clear. Not doing all that. In fact, I'm just going to be on the phone. Get out of my life. As the ball drops. Ryan Seacrest was probably drunk somewhere. I was talking about the Ravens at midnight. So let's start with the layup line. And this is one of Kyle and I's favorite songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Time. Did I introduce you to, to this song? Uh, probably. A, a few months back. I, I was I'm like, sure we've enjoyed it together. I have sent this song to 50 people, and the way I learned about it was uh, was uh, Jim Harbaugh. This is Jim Harbaugh's pregame song. And I tonight, did Tonight, they that. get ready to, to play Alabama. Oh, you're so this so is fun. Jim Harbaugh's pregame song. It's called The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Now, this, this song the is... The irony uh, here. Well, a little background about the song. The Edmund Fitzgerald was, of course, an American Great Lakes freighter that sank in Lake Superior during a storm on November 10th, 1975, with the loss of the entire crew of 29 men. Mm. Don't think it's too soon. Here we go. Go to the 214. Are you at 214? is the best right. part of the... It's too rough to feed ya. Pokemon. <laughs> the cook came up like, you're gonna well, be listen, wait, At 7 p.m.? The main hatchway gave in. He said, fellas, it's been nice to know you. How hardcore is that? That's the mindset. Of, That's the yeah, mindset of, football of dudes on a freighter. They're just like, dude, no dinner, and I got worse news for you. We're going to sink. And it's cold as fuck. It's November. Luckily it, for Jim Harbaugh, it's uh, going to be the granddaddy. They say the if they'd have made it uh, 100 or 15 miles more, they would have made it to Thunder Bay. And they would have been straight, but they sank, and nobody ever found the uh, the, the, the remains of the guys. They found the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, they shoot. found him. But uh, but Reed, this is the real layup line today. This is for the people at home. <laughs> what? Let's go! That's not. That's not. This is a trap. Let's go! That's crazy. Okay. Link, Link, Link. So we're Kyle. doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing this. Turn it up. What's Sorry, I yelled into the right microphone. Now? Don't give me one star. Like some of you. Uh, shout out to Jalen Milrow. Not a fan of this. Today's the day. Lank. Today's the day you let all the naysayers Let know. a naysayer know. Let's go. Today's the day. Restore order, Nick Saban. Woo. I'm not on board with any of this. <laughs> the Edmund Fitzgerald lands in Thunder Bay today at the granddaddy of them all, where my colleague Brock Vereen will be alongside the action. Oh, okay. CBS. <laughs> Turn it off. By the way, yeah. by the way, 
<laughs> Oregon's losing. Okay. <laughs> Six nothing. Hey, so, so let's God, talk. The hater, the, the hater aid is pouring early. RTR. You R- tricked me into RTR, it. RTR, RTR, yeah. You texted me about the. You did that. I, I lured you, you that. out into Lake Superior, and I okay. sunk your ass, dude. Because right, Dan Campbell. I Look got, how I, that's working out for Dan Campbell. I'm pulling. Okay. I'm pulling. Hey, got robbed, Kyle. We'll talk about it. Yeah, that, by pirates. That, well, John, that Kyle Long-looking guy, John Skipper. He's taller than me. <laughs> he, he, bro. When I got a lot of texts. We're going to talk about this later, so let's not get into the whole call. But John Skipper. Like, I was watching on the monitor my five-month-old baby screaming, and she was red-faced and bald. And then it, the, on the TV, there was John Skipper, who looked more like an angry baby than any six-foot-seven. Dan, Dan, Dan Skipper. Dan Skipper. He's 6'9". Six, six, bro, the guy was... And he does have the same exact beard-hair <laughs> combination that I do. Yeah. And not that there's many combinations, but him and I, we've hit it on the nail on the head. For if your baby years. woke up one morning and looked like Dan Skipper, <laughs> what do you do? I would say, we're, babe, we're set here. <laughs> We're sad. Oh, man. So uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I guess the first thing we got to do is get into America's teams. Before we get into America's teams, Kyle, you've got who tonight? Michigan, I take it? I'm going to be riding with Jim Harbaugh. I just think it's like the last hurrah, right? I, I, I don't really know the details of the Michigan Harbaugh well, saga. Hurrah, right? But, like, there's a lot of people right? cheating in this college football uh, Ohio State's supposedly Ohio hacking State. into people's. It's even worse. Ohio State's hacking if into. If they had some advanced scouting, film. so be it. That's not so be it. Are though. they gonna Are they gonna ban Jim Harbaugh forever, Nolan, from college? No, he's gonna ban himself. He's so gonna, are, are, is he done there next year? I think he goes and takes yeah, a pro job. He's going, but up. he's allowed to go back to Michigan if, if yes. he wants. Oh yeah. So this is his last hurrah. I hope he does take a, a pro job next year, and I am picking Michigan. Listen, uh, okay, so <laughs> because of the antics that just so I'm going to take Bama anyways, but then I'm going to parlay. But he said minus. He said Alabama minus fourteen, minus that's thirteen what, and so, a half. So when I bro. say I'm taking Michigan, that's what I'm taking Michigan against. Okay, you're, minus thirteen and a half. Nate's, oh, well, Nate's that, betting an alternate. Spread. Well, I got to tell you, Kyle, that's an alternate spread. The real <laughs> spread on the game is is Michigan minus two. So if you're going to bet Michigan, well, you then gotta I'm going to roll Nick Saban. In a, okay, in exactly. a, in a, But that was the line I was presenting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want the people in the chat to understand that Kyle content. didn't know about alternate lines upstairs and he was like I will bet you that how much <laughs> I was like how much do you want that's to bet? a that's a lank situation for Vegas if they're if if uh if Bama's laying 14 but Kyle. can I just say that the the ultimate bevel that's the ultimate that's bevel gonna be at the Rose, the Rose Bowl are Bowl. you kidding but me every year it's vitamin d deprived eastern uh America <laughs> north northeastern particularly we don't get the sun for how long you know uh but then you you show up and you get to watch the Rose Bowl, whether it's on TV or there in person. It's always great oh, uniforms, hot. great teams. Yeah. And you get the sunshine. The trees are green. And they had some rain the last couple of days. So I think that's going to be popping. for the, I mean, you know. You I know. think the cameras are better at the Uh-oh. Rose Bowl. Reed's, Reed's playing uh, the cameras CCR are better at the Rose Bowl. Uh, or something. on Rose the. Uh, anyways, so uh, in the second game, I mean, the, the Cinderella story was um, not Wisconsin, no, uh, Washington. Washington and Penix, like they've been the group that everybody wanted to see in the playoff because they're actually a true Cinderella story, unlike FSU, Kyle. Are um, they a Cinderella story? They are a Cinderella story, Kyle. They've they, beaten up on juggernauts all they year. Haven't, they, they haven't won close but games. Pe- but people wrote them off. They caught a bunch of points in the Pac-12 championship. They weren't supposed to beat Oregon the first time they played them. Penix has hurt himself a bunch. He's been in Indiana. He's at Washington. He's been in college football for like a decade. And I think this would be the most poetic – in the in the last year of the Pac-12, for him to get, hey, you're a Pac-12 guy. I'm, I'm, Kyle, you haven't heard my pick. Okay, who's your pick? 
Well, you go ahead first. I, I, I think Texas is probably the winner, but I had to sprinkle a little something on the money line and parla parlay them with, Mich with, uh, with Bama. So, Kyle, you've got, uh, you've got Washington and uh, Michigan. You, that's all you had to say. He handed me a piece of paper. So listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Fiji Frat, University of Washington, <clears throat> futures bet. The entire oh, frat threw in $25 at the beginning of the year for UW to win the national championship. Two games away now. Would you cash out? Would you? Would, I would cash out. <laughs> What's the cash out look like? Wait, so the, if they win, it's 50K and they plan but to throw a, lot of frat a big... Brothers. A big party. I think they put yeah. like twenty six or twenty seven hundred. The outside of the fifty. I think they. I think they put twenty <laughs> twenty six to twenty seven thousand dollars. I mean, twenty seven hundred dollars yeah, on the initial bet. Twenty five dollar bets. Yes, on the initial bet. ahead. And what do you think the cash out is? Ahead. I, I, I don't if know. If the cash out's like twenty grand, you take the twenty grand. People and you go in to the, the chat. Nightclub. What's the? They what's said the they're going to throw a party. Cash out yeah. you'd be willing to accept for this. <laughs> it's bet probably like that 10 The grand. win would be fifty yeah. k. Yeah, I, I might take the ten fifteen grand and throw a killer party. Yeah, at, for the national championship, and then root like hell for whoever's playing Washington. <laughs> Just so you don't feel bad, because you're going to be rooting for UW anyways. It'd be yeah. nice to have a consolation deal. I got if it. you don't win it. And, I thought it was a good story, and that's knowing that's that the cash it. out was was Shout wide. Out to the Fijians. Okay, Fijians. Okay, here we go, Kyle. We've got America's teams. Here we do. Uh, I'll start. Um, is it the 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 Raptors? They 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 lost to the the Pistons. The who? Yeah. Was it the Raptors? Yeah, uh, the Raptors. Thank you, Canada, for, for joining the America's teams. I mean, Detroit needed a win ever so badly. <laughs> they picked up a win. The Pistons hadn't won in, what, like 30 games? Almost, they were, yeah. They I, were about is to that real? For real. all they were, they were about to surpass, like, all sports. Yeah. Like, the longest losing streak for all, all major sports. sports. All who sports. was that? I think, I think they're tied now, it's probably a right? baseball team or something. 28-game loss streak, yeah. I don't think – well, we're an NFL team that goes 0-16 and 2-14. and 14. I've been on some teams that we lost 20-something games in a row, oh, I think. Oh, man. All-time pro losing streak. So, 76ers. So, I, I feel I – I remember that. that I feel crazy. great about the Raptors doing that for, for our, our team in Detroit. Especially not that Detroit Lions fans care, but you were about to get robbed on national TV. It's good to get that win in basketball. Do they have the cool jerseys with the Raptor dribbling the basketball? I love still? those jerseys. Yeah. Or do they have? Yeah, those they still are, wear those. Those are the throwback. They, they still wear those sometimes. Um, all right, my other America's team, Pop Tart. I know I went on this big rant about like you know how these bowl games are fucking it up, and largely they they are because for the most part it's too corporate, and when you go too corporate. It's like DirecTV puts a huge DirecTV on the trophy. And nobody, nobody's going to remember DirecTV in 20 years when that trophy's sitting in the hallway at USC. That's a good point. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They're not even going to have DirecTV like, anymore. What's directive? Right. Yeah, exactly. Directive. Yeah, what's a directive? Is that like something I'm supposed to do? <laughs> I have a TV inside my retina. I don't need dish. And honestly, <laughs> with YouTube, YouTube TV and all this shit, like it's already over for DirecTV. But the point is, it's like if you're going to go corporate, make it fun. Bro. And don't do it like the closer you are to the big bowl games, don't do it. No. If you're like the Pop Tart Bowl, perfect. Bro, and I thought it was incredible. The Pop Tart uh, coming out of the toaster, yes. the Pop Tart going David Blaine <laughs> yeah. disappearing into the toaster at the end of the game. Like, the what trophy. are they going to do? And then he the trophy. You ate the trophy. You, you the could eat the trophy. You could eat, well, the trophy was a toaster. You could put Pop Tarts in, but the players ate a giant Pop Tart Bro, at the end of the game and their dirty gloves and all their germs that they've been out getting at the bowl game. They just shared them. You know, yeah. it's like it was, it was, it was, it was kind of gross. Bro, but I loved great. it. It was great. And to think about, 
how you can build off this and maybe yeah. you think about like having the s'mores pop tart and different flavor pop tarts yeah and maybe like asking teams what their favorite is and then that pop tart gets to go in like to the toaster yeah. after yeah. the win yep. like i think i think this is going to be amazing this is from you know, there, there was a shot of the pop tart mascot behind the ref and the ref was like giggling <laughs> and trying to keep a straight face and i said that's me in my kitchen at midnight uh <laughs> with with the snacks behind me and i just i'm, I'm, I'm giddy and uh you know the snack's gonna get you but you're trying not to pay attention to it and if i had pop tarts in my kitchen that night while that game was going on i would have destroyed, destroyed the whole box um okay and then and then lastly pop tart as a team teams with black uniforms uh, you know, the Saints, the Ravens this weekend, you had Missouri, you had Oklahoma State. Like, a lot of teams with black uniforms got the win this weekend and looked good doing it. Not, not saying the Ravens look great. I don't know why they went with that combination. Uh, but, but Missouri looked awesome. You don't, you don't awesome. think the Ravens looked good? No, they had, the, like, the purple pants and the black top. I would have gone all black. said that that was OBJ's, you know, peak aesthetic. That might be. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> that's what they were saying the on, Giants on the Giants uniform. Is, and that's that was my initial reaction. That's my reaction. But too. it's kind of his uh, his heel look. I don't really have a lot of America's teams, Kyle. I guess America's team will be you at home, counting all your uh, your New Year's resolutions, and we'll see. You know, like it's just begun. So whatever you did this morning, you went for a run. Okay, we'll see. Uh, check back in two weeks. Um, New Year's resolution, eat my boogers less, blow my nose more. Do you eat your boogers? I'm just kind of making a mockery oh. of New Year's resolution. <laughs> oh my God. America's teams, I do need a tissue, though, uh, if you guys have one back there. Tissue! Um, America's teams, I'm going to do, like, a look ahead. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing, like, power ranking NFL teams right now, I'm just going to be saying, these are the guys <laughs> who I think you should buy into. <clears throat> if you're a fan and you want to become a fan of a team, we talked about the Chargers. It's good real estate value right there. Like, they may suck at first, but you got the good pieces. For me, number one future. Here, Kyle, blow your nose with this. Thank you. Big number one future America's team. I just got a wipe. I think I got this schnoz, dude. Number one future America's team, UGA, University of Georgia. Mm -hmm. Oh, football academy. Can I? Can I? I forgot. <laughs> Georgia's my fifth America's team. Well, then we're gonna. <laughs> okay, share. good. We'll That's share. Dynamite yeah. segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so my number one. Talk about team. the future, and I want to talk about this weekend. Well, I'm gonna talk about the future because of this, like. If you're a Georgia football player, there's nowhere that you're going to transfer to to give yourself a better chance to win. Like, you're surrounded by the best. Georgia is what Alabama was for so long, where it's like, no, 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 bro. When we get to the league, we look at the guys in our lot. And, like, Eddie Jackson came to the league from Alabama, and he looked at me dead in the eye and was like, oh, we, we could have beat y'all last year. And I'm like, I'm, I was like, you're a fucking kid. You don't even know what you're talking about. And then I watched him play, and I see all the guys he played with play. You said he could have beat the Bears? Yeah, it was, you know, uh. in, during training camp. He said that in the locker room. And all the guys in the locker room were like, somebody kill him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here's the thing. That guy uh, on looked the at, he was like, no, that guy no. on the Panthers. He, he like, nah, bro, we, we would have beat y'all ass. That guy on the, <laughs> I'm like, I love that. Like, that guy on the that. Panthers this year, he's the guy from Alabama two years ago. So no, it, no. it's Eddie just a Jackson, little different. It was 20 no, I know. I'm just talking about I'm talking this about was year to year. to a tug of Aloha. These were the guys that he was playing with. Yeah. So Georgia is that now, number one America's team. We don't even transfer. We're just going to keep this stock rising. You know, it's like magnetic. Uh, there's a game called snake.io on the phone where you move <laughs> the snake around, you eat other snakes, and you get bigger and bigger. Georgia is just going to. You think they're like snake.io? They're just going to keep getting bigger unless they eat themselves. Can I tell you something about Georgia this weekend? Because I really did write this down, but as you know, like my notes are everywhere. Georgia is an America's team for taking care of Florida State. And I know people are going to say, 
Florida State, this, the, the way they lost because of all the opt-outs and everything doesn't change every, anything about the Florida State argument for the playoff. And you're right. It wasn't a good argument in the first place. I think that's the whole thing. Like For you to prove to people that you, you deserve to be there, you would have had to play Georgia tough or beat Georgia. And your guys opted out. That was their decision. So part of being a team is deciding that something's important enough to you. And if it were more important to prove that point, guys would have played. Okay, and, and I think Georgia's depth is better than your depth. And I, I don't care how many videos Danny Cannell puts, puts out where he's walking through his, his giant rental home. That's what Danny's doing. Danny, it's a nice fucking place. A uh, lot of stair, staircases, though. <clears throat> uh, so I, I just, I, I don't know what you want if you're a Florida State fan, but that was your chance. And I think Georgia's and America's team for just quieting that down. If anything, though, people made more noise after the game, but we just shouldn't go back to this argument anymore because it was so fucking ugly. And Kirby Smart, I've uh -huh. seen this a couple years in a row where they get into a bowl game, and the bowl game might not mean that much to other people, uh, but they, they look hungry to win these bowl games. And that was why betting them in the first half was like free money. Mm -hmm. And Kirby Smart put it this way. He said, guys, come back. If you want to come back and play for the seniors. If you don't want to play for the seniors, I respect it. So what do you think about what I said about the future? I, I love Kirby Smart. Are you gonna? Dude. Are you gonna? Is there a better? Is there a coach you'd rather play for right now? No, is, than is Kirby there, Smart. Is there he's a up there. Room you'd rather be a part of? He's up there. Is Sanders. There is there a town you'd rather have backing you <laughs> than Athens? Athens? I don't know. I mean, Lane Kiffin in Oxford sounds fun too. Man, did you see the scoreboard pick he posted? Yeah, yeah bro. I want to go to Colorado. Anyways, that, I just think they're an hey, America's Lane. team. Good think, for you. You might be America's team, Wayne Kiffin. I think they're an America's team because they shut up the noise. I said what I said, Chris. Yeah. I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. America's team, Wayne Kiffin as well. Uh, number two, the Chicago Bears. We've talked about the Bears on this oh, show, Bears. but I truly feel like the future is so, Ooh. so bright in Chicago. And they have a lot of decisions to make, and they're good problems to have. Who's the quarterback going to be? Well, the stadium seemed to understand that. <coughs> we want fields. We want fields. Justin Fields getting interviewed after the game. It's a dream come true, you know, for this guy um, to do the things he does. Eddie Jackson, the same guy we were just talking about, who's, you know, still on that defense, says the guy's a magician. There's a certain way that the Bears play football with Fields at quarterback, and it's awesome to see. Is Eberflus going to be the head coach? What are they going to do at the OC position? Who are the picks going to be? Are they going to trade the number one? Um, in an alternate universe, are you going to go after a quarterback and deal to Atlanta? Um, Alternate, I and you know, well, here's the funny thing: uh, the irony of yesterday being a quote-unquote tryout game against Atlanta for Atlanta for Fields. You know, people in our studio were like, "Yeah, it's a great opportunity for him to showcase his skills to Atlanta." It ended up being a game that, with conviction, people said that Justin Fields is the Bears' quarterback. So, do you want to talk about this now, and <laughs> and not save it for later? I, I'm doing my. No, I know, because we get the, we got to hit the fields thing now or later. We're gonna hit the, we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of yeah, what sure. they should do. Sure. Okay, they should keep him. Yeah, they should keep him. I mean, there's a, the decision has been made. I mean, to me, the decision has been made for for Holes. weeks now. You know what I mean? And 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 I guess I guess this is there my, would be a mutiny there. Here, that's my thing, Kyle. Like he has he has decided the team has decided that's our guy. It, it, well, Eberflus, you talk about him. A lot of times you let the team decide at the end of the season. The team has decided by playing hard and beating teams that are in the thick of it. Like, Atlanta had to win that game to go to the playoffs. Yeah. And you fucking killed them, dude. And Justin Fields made some great plays. He missed a couple throws, but, like, so did every quarter. You know what Josh Allen did yesterday? <laughs> he missed 15 throws. And so the point is, 
when it comes to Justin Fields, the decision has been made. The only decision you have to make is who's the offensive coordinator. Yes. And that's a huge decision. And who you draft. Uh, huh? Those are the decisions you have to make. Because here's what you could be looking at next year, Kyle, if you stick with Justin Fields. Marvin Harrison, the, the top tackle. You re-sign Mooney. Or Brock got, Bowers. You, I like their tackles. Braxton Jones, Darnell Wright. I don't think you change a thing. Or you could move one of them inside. Yeah. You know, like the, the point is, look at that group outside and tell me, for a team that's just beaten a number of playoff teams or teams that are in contention for the playoffs that beat the Lions, you know, a team that, that's damn good, that, be, that beat the Vikings a couple weeks ago when the Vikings were hotter, that beat the, the Falcons with, with uh, their season on the line. If this is your floor, Kyle, why would you move on? Six weeks ago, it was the safe decision. You could feel it to trade Justin Fields. It was the safe decision. Now tell me what decision feels more unsafe if you're Ryan Polzer in Cunningham. I'm Cunningham. just writing down on a piece of paper right here. I have the initials MHJ, CK, Fields, BB, DJ Moore. Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers in this offense with Cole Komet, the things he's able to do and has done for a long time. His availability in the offense is great. The leadership, Bowers would be a seamless transition. Fields, I mean, he's just he's special. And I think if I think this is the off. This will be the year where we truly see a a true bump in statistics. So you're keeping him. I'm keeping Fields. Okay, because yesterday you were kind of like, uh, the, no, no, the, I wasn't. You were like, you, you want to read my the, tweet on you the gotta, show? You got to look at the trade. You want to read my tweet on the show? You read it. No, no, you just brought it up. I mean, well, don't get what upset. I, what I said you're, you're, was, what I said was, here are the options that Ryan Poles and the Bears have, have to, to consider. Face. Okay, and if that's the case, I don't even think you need to consider it. So you just did what Twitter did to me yesterday. Well, no, what I heard yesterday <laughs> was over and over again that they had to look at the options, I which is not a hot take. It's not, it's not a hot take. I'm just trying to get the cards on the table here. Okay. Because if they look at the options. If I'm the Bears brass, I have to at least see what the offer sheet looks like for okay. some of these teams that are obviously going to be suitors for yeah, Justin yeah. Fields. If the offer is good, in their opinion, send it. Now, what that threshold for mm. good is, I don't know. And it could be great based on the way Fields has played. He'll thrive elsewhere. We do know that. And we'll have even more to show for And the reason it. I bring, uh, the reason like I bring it up is because I think it's a good point. A lot of people would say, look at the picks. You have to look at the picks. Nobody's going to make a decision right now. Like, even if the right decision is Fields, organizations don't just say. There's somebody sure. in that building, I'm that's sure. That's going to say, we a, need to look at the picks. And Caleb Boy. And I think looking. They, they say, fuck picks. It's like Caleb Blind. Or Caleb Blind. Like Maggie had for Mahomes. Here's what you have to be careful with. And I'm not saying you, Kyle, so don't read this wrong. But what I am saying is for anybody that's <laughs> like, look at the picks. When you start looking at things that aren't real yet, yes. they can look like something that it's not going to – I mean, look at, look, at Carolina, look at Carolina and all they, they, they gave up to get Bryce Young. How do you think Bryce Young would look in Chicago right now with that offense? Not the way Justin Fields looks. And like I said, like your floor. I know what the floor looks like with a rookie quarterback. You really think you can if, – if you, if you go backwards – They'll never let you live it down unless the guy's like special. It'll and, just be and, the next recycle of the oh, cycle. You'll you'll never be able to go back. One to One that Chicago. I lived through a bunch. What? That cycle of yeah. new QBs. New QBs. Just new QB, new coach, new OC, new QB coach. Yes. I am coach such and such. Yeah. Like you start to forget names. 
Bo Hart agrees the interim OC for the Raiders, and I was like, I forget where, where and when I had him. Well, that and that's the point. And I'm like, sure you know the same feeling. It's it's so many coaches coming through the building. You start over again. I mean, for everybody on the team, you talk about DJ Moore, Eddie Jackson, saying like, when you have your wide receiver, your number one being like, he's the guy. You kind of like like he's not just saying that for no reason. He's not saying he deserves a chance. He's saying he's the guy. So trust players. You know what I'm saying? Like I know there's some people that have been down on Justin Fields this year. Look at the locker room videos in there. Some of the Instagram lives from these guys, and you can attest to this, Nate. You've been a teammate who's excited to be with other teammates, and Fields is featured in these Instagram lives. They're all dancing. They're all you know doing their thing. They have fun together. They play four fields. They obviously get up four Eberflus. Yeah. But to your point, the big question is going to be the offensive coordinator. One thing that was brought up last night was when it came to Jalen Hurts' development, because he wasn't always Jalen Hurts of last year. And you can see it this year. There was a year where they loaded up, they gave him the weapons, and he had that MVP run. I think that's in Justin Fields' body. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if it's in Jalen Hurts' body, it's in Justin and Fields' puzzle, body. And I'm not, I'm not picking Justin over Jalen, but what I am saying is Justin has more talent. Okay, take that how you will. He's the most talented guy on the field at any given moment. <laughs> Fucking the guy changes. And so you take him out of these situations and you put a Caleb Williams in there. What does Caleb Williams look like when the pocket collapses and they're backed and he up could and look he breaks? Great, but I promise you, he's not going to look better than Justin Fields. He's it's not getting out of those, out of those uh, sacks that Justin Fields escaped from yesterday. And another thing is this. I'm not sure how relevant this is, but the USC kid last week looked insane he had, in he that had game. He set a record for you guys. <laughs> so so you tell you tell me i just there's too much unknown and when you have this a known commodity crazy. It, when you have a known commodity it's not like having a game manager known commodity you have a guy with a high ceiling but go get marvin harrison jr right Chris? you got you got to get a wide receiver right and and just the load wide up. receiver but imagine you and have one of those drafts where it's the wide receiver imagine you have that defense and then that that offense like how many groups in the nfl next year would have a, a better group outside that you could say for sure so that's why the bears so are the number two they could be america's team, team next behind year. the and bears fans look this is great news i just talked about the georgia bulldogs and kirby smart and their dynasty that they're building the bears have that ability and I know Ryan Poles and we know Ian Yates Cunningham those are bright young minds in the game of football that you got to get to know because they're making the right decisions and they will continue to number three (laughs) real quick somebody just typed this Caleb Williams didn't have Chicago on his list of teams he would go to that was I think that's based off that tweet where he's liking a tweet it's an aggregate account where somebody says Chicago's not right for this guy and he likes the tweet, and he's like, basically, by liking that tweet, saying, "Yeah, I see you, bitch." Like, fuck you. You know, like I like your your. There's your... multiple ways to interpret. And that. but to me, the one way to interpret that is not. I'm not going to go play for what Chicago. What are they saying? Do they like? <laughs> Why what not? Saying about Who wouldn't want to go play for it's Chicago right city. now? It's... Of all the teams in the top five, where would you want to play if you're a quarterback? You want to go to New England? Nah. Like I, I don't know, but I don't I don't know that kid's background. Like I don't know his background. Like I don't know like. <laughs> Where he has family, where he doesn't have family, maybe well, I'll tell you something what, like that. Chicago's right in the middle of the country. Yeah, family on all sides. <laughs> Easy for everybody. I, I guess if you so. go to surrounded ta- by if family. you go to Tankathon NFL right now, which is a great website, it just gives you draft order. It's pretty. But you know, Washington, Washington is is hot on Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah. Okay, New England. I wouldn't want to go play in New England though. before I'd want to go play in Chicago. They have everything there for you. You wouldn't want to go to Washington over Chicago if you're a football guy. Well, bro, you're thinking you like you you have to think like a, a young 20 something year old. Like How do you, you know, know how he's not he's every thinking. young 20 something year old? How do you know how he's thinking? 
I mean, the fact that he liked that tweet, like, I don't know. There's a lot of things he's done that I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. see it that way. I think, I think, I think we're willingly him, jumping him out of the gym for he, a narrative. Him he, he, saying that he wants to go ball up and cry with his dog, like after a loss, like who knows what he's thinking about? It's just saying like things like that. It's just like why even put that out there? Why say that stuff? Why like a tweet when you kind of know everyone's watching and looking at it? But that's the part about being 20. I don't think you're thinking yeah. that way yeah. that everybody's yeah. watching. I just think you're just like. I have done things. And that's what things. I mean. Like, like I, I don't know what, like, why he would, like, if it is leaning towards I don't want to go to Chicago, that's why I like this tweet, or like you said. Like, I know why. Like, this team's getting good traction. Hey, it is. And let me tell you this. Out of the top five, there's no team I'd rather go play for than the Chicago Bears. Yeah, let's go. Not only is it a great football city, but they've got a fucking defense lined up. They might have stability if Eberflus is back. They, you know, the coordinator, who knows? That's the biggest decision they have to make, but everything's there for you. They have better weapons than New England, better weapons than Washington, better defense than both those teams. Arizona. the top five, though, like, wouldn't you, like, if you're a quarterback, a young quarterback, you may be thinking about, like, who has the best O-line, like, where I'm going to be maybe protected. And in a year, they might have the best O-line out of that group. They might have it right now. New England, Washington, Chicago. I don't think there's a lot separating those groups. Well, look so. at the stats on the Washington stuff. Granted, we've talked about a lot. And of again, to compound the whole thing, if 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 Caleb Williams is in there, how much worse that offensive line looks statistically? Right. Um, okay, that was good. Yeah. We got it out. Yeah, I just wanted to get it out there because we had cathartic. it for later, but it was good because. <laughs> He said, well, the Twitter stuff. It was. The breaks. Well, I got to know your take because the Chicago thing, theme, the Chicago thing, you know, it's I the Fields thing has been. I'm sticking yeah. with Justin Fields. Okay. Now you got to pay the guy. Okay. And that's going to be a, okay. a bridge you got to cross. Okay, number three, the Indianapolis Colts. We love Shane Steichen. We love all these coordinators that came from Philly last year. Huh? Yep. Because the other team I got on the list is the Cardinals. Yep. Jonathan Gannon going up and doing his thing. Um but for the Colts, I can't wait to see Anthony Richardson in his second year. He's been in all these meetings. Mm -hmm. He's heard the breakdown of the film every week. Mm -hmm. There is stuff to be gained uh, in terms of your progression as a quarterback, as an offensive mind. So for this year, if Anthony took it the right way, which I'm sure he did, under Shane, I mean, the, you can't help but try to latch onto that team and say they're going to be damn good for a while just based on how they performed this year. So the Colts are number three. Cardinals number four, and the Packers are number five. How about the Texans? Well, the Texans are already there. No, I mean, yeah, but next year, you think about the way da we we said this earlier in the in the year, the way a whole generation of Dallas fans grew up, like watching C.J. Stroud play, like there could be a whole generation of Houston fans, and I think uh, absolutely. Hey, I want to throw one more in the uh, in the in the uh, where well, there's a lot going on this year, uh, and there could be some unrest. So I was thinking like the National Guard, hmm. you know. And like FEMA and stuff like that. Oxnard FEMA. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a real shit show. It's getting wild. I did notice that there was a lot of people enjoying Mark the surf on the West Coast. Yeah, big, big waves. There's big, big waves. Big waves. Zuckerberg's got a bunker. There were people crying and laughing and going sick in the same video. I was like. Because I thought it was a tsunami. If I was there, I'm like, we got tsunami. Where was the warning? All right. So we're done with. There were no horns. <laughs> there were no horns. We're done with America's teams. We have an ad read, and then we're going to get into the slate, starting with Baltimore and Miami. So for those of you who came here for that, you're going to get it. You also get the Philly thing soon. Okay. And we hope you enjoyed America's teams. So Monday is still game day, and game day is the perfect pizza day. So make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our pizza pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all Sunday. 
to have your NFL game day covered. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. It's a pizza, pizza win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, order your Little Caesars, and enjoy during the games. Guys, it's Nicely that done, Chris. Pizza. Okay. And, you know, we're going to talk about Baltimore and Miami now. And so I think it played out even <laughs> – even more on on the nose than what I thought, but Baltimore's the better team. They're the more physical team. And I think more than anything, they're more confident. And so, you know, like confidence is a big thing we've been talking about with the Dolphins. You know, they they're every week it's like they say they we can't beat anybody good. They say we can't beat anybody good. You beat Dallas. Guys, see we can beat good teams, you know, like trying to build prove the confidence. It prove it to themselves. And that's why I thought last week when they played um The Ravens just know. When they played Dallas last week and they got those two big shots off the bat, which I got to give to a lot of credit for, those were big time throws. They gave them confidence in that game. And, you know, I, I think you come to Baltimore this week and we had Zach Sealer on. You talk about the physicality. He played in Baltimore, he knows what it's about. But it's also this confidence that both the Harbaugh brothers have. And Jim has it one way and it rubs people a lot of the wrong way. And John's like the guy that is a little bit more buffed out. He's just a little bit more buffed out, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and but he's still got that asshole confidence about him. And I think it comes down to one play that encapsulated the whole game. Because there was that same conversation who was going to be chasing who in this game. Because early on, even though the Ravens had them in third and long in the red zone, they they just they they with Kyle Hamilton down and Stevens down, they were getting the ball moved on him, but they had chances. But the bottom line is, Cheetah misses that touchdown in the end zone. You're kind of wondering, is Baltimore going to get tight at some point if they if they had had converted and and been down? You know, if, if Cheetah caught the ball, Baltimore's down. Yeah, that's brutal. I think the answer is you wouldn't have been able to keep up. And I think the answer is uh, the rest of the game provided you the answer, but that fourth and seven. Mm -hmm. That was the play of the game, and it was the play of – I mean, it's the play that perfectly encapsulates Baltimore's mindset yesterday. They weren't worried about who's going to be out in front. They weren't racing Miami. They were racing themselves. Like, fourth and seven, it's 21-13. You get the ball out of the half. Okay, so we often talk about the middle eight. So what do you want to do here? You get the best kicker in the world. It's fourth and seven. You just missed on third down for the first time, like, all game. And you've got a chance to kick this field goal and go up 24-13. Two-score lead going into half against this explosive offense. Even though they average about 19 points, which I've said for a month now in games they play playoff teams, and where did they land in this game? 19 points. Okay, so when I'm right, I'm right about some shit. But Baltimore, right? But Baltimore, fourth and seven, the safe play would be kick a field goal, yep. get a stop, take this to the half. Worst case scenario, Two you're still up. Lead. They say, fuck that. They go fourth and seven. They throw the ball to Likely, yeah. makes a one-handed catch, and, and he's out the gate. One-handed, left-handed left catch, tucks it, doesn't touch it with his right hand, and then proceeds Ricard to had a one run it in. I mean, but Ricard that, had a one-hander just like it. Those were the type of decisions because the, the two possessions prior, and we're fans, and we're sitting here, and I got money on Baltimore. And, and although I say – Who doesn't? And I say although – a lot of people. Although, I say although Miami – Although Miami averages 19 points a game in these big games, I'm still waiting for the game that they score 30. And I'm like, I hope it's not today. And before the half, they got the ball with nine minutes to go. And Baltimore's starting to get the run game going to get over midfield. And you're thinking, slow down a little bit. 
Like if if you if you can time this up, you can have you can get a stop and get a two for one and that sort of thing. But instead, they take a shot to Beckham, and Odell Beckham, like that's why he's here. You can say Odell's not a top five wide receiver anymore, not a top ten wide receiver anymore, whatever you want to say. But when there's a big 50-50 ball or yep. a shot you want to take, is there anybody better ball skills. than him with the ball skills and turning that right yeah. ankle and getting both feet down? Crazy. So they take a shot there. And then the one that was really confounding to me was they get the ball and you know there's like five, six minutes to go before the half. And I'm like, okay, this is the time you, you have a big chunk drive where you eat the clock up and you secure the two for one. Fuck it. Mm. Shot the flowers. <laughs> they, they were not playing against Miami. They were playing against themselves. They were trying to see how great they could be that day. It was offensively, it, it was and it was obvious. incredible. It was obvious. Um, it was incredible. Like you said, that confidence stuff is just—it's worth its weight in gold. And yeah. all levels of that team on both sides of the football have at, at all the key positions. Special teams out of the half. They are so confident. They are so confident. And, and we've talked about the way that Roquan lays the gauntlet down for this team. And I have no doubt that this week, after some of the comments, it's evident to me that Lamar reads Twitter. Okay. He sees the things that we say, mm -hmm. uh, for better or worse. And obviously, it's, be like Mike quarterback. Flores, it's for know. fucking better. That was some quarterbacky shit I saw yesterday. <laughs> That's um, some MVP shit. And there's sometimes that when there's sometimes when I'm playing Madden where I just throw it 60 times and I'm going to have 400 yards, but I'm going to have like a 50% completion percentage. Lamar was like, I'm going to go Baker Mayfield this bitch, yeah. 158-3, yeah. go out there and have a perfect day. And to your point, like John Harbaugh is a big part of that. It's dated back to – the confidence that he showed in his offense years ago. And he said, what do you guys want to do? He's like, yeah. fuck it, coach. We want to go for it. That's that. That's the Ravens way. That's the, mm -hmm. the Raven way. At, when they went out back on the field on fourth and seven and had the offense, we were like, what are they doing? And Harbaugh clearly had a problem with the way that McDaniel ran the score up on. Well, I kind of wondered after the game Sean if Sean Payton and, and Harbaugh are buddies. Yeah, like your they point. Like, and I had there was a Dolphins reporter who was down there complaining about them airing it out with ah. the backup. I'm like, oh, that's really rich. Snoop, stop. Yeah, stop. <laughs> like, so the point is, yeah. So the point the point I'm I want to make is they have the confidence, they have the players, they have the MVP where they trust him enough on fourth and seven with everything that was at stake before the half to go. And I think Tua is a good player, good quarterback. We, we do this all the time. And, you know, you want me to stop doing it, stop assaulting me with, in my mentions every time you guys run up 30 points on the Jets. In these games, you know, in the beginning of the game, the windows were there. And those linebackers, if you have good linebackers, eventually those hook windows and those quick throws, they go away. They close a lot and you, quicker. And, than you know, for Baltimore, they might be saying, hey, we'll give them the windows early and then we're going to take them away. And you could feel a point in the game where it switched. And not only was it being down and having to play under pressure, but it was we're taking those windows away. You sail some balls. You, you know, there's some turnovers. But more than anything, that front just started to get there. And the pressure in the middle of the pocket is really tough for him because of his size and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And I think, you know, when you talk about comp confidence and the fourth and seven juxtaposed to, you know, the Dolphins coming out in the third quarter, they're down 22 points. They got the fucking, they're supposed to be like the Golden State Warriors, no lead safe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the Chiefs were when they played Houston a couple years ago in the playoffs. 20, That's it? not this group. Because on third and 15, they're checking down one read. Third and, third and 15, they're checking down one read. You know, like third and 20, they're checking down one read. So they're not, like, they've kind of said, hey, there's just no way we can get back in this game and it's only going to get worse. And you could feel that when the tide turned. I know Claypool dropped the touchdown. I know Cheetah dropped the touchdown, but that's not the difference in the game. Baltimore is that much better, not just than Miami, 
than all the teams in the AFC. Yeah. And there's one team to me that if they go in uh, to Baltimore in the playoffs, might have a chance Three, to win. Three, two, one. <laughs> Cleveland. Bills and Cleveland. I should have put Cleveland in there. <laughs> what? I think Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland, okay. for yeah. sure. Bills and Cleveland. <laughs> but yeah, Bills. I mean, I guess, definitely I guess anybody's Cleveland. got a shot to beat anybody. I just put Baltimore at a different level. And and I I knew that th this was the case in the, the AFC. Bills, if they bro? have, Yeah, the Bills, bro. They're just like, how can you trust them like enough to even say that? Like, good Josh, Josh Allen. Yeah, he's just so if good. Finicky, jo if though. good Josh Allen shows up, yeah. and they beat the Bills. But, but like, the but if he doesn't, like, they, about, they get they get fifty piece put okay, on them. But we're talking about can they beat the Ravens? Okay, okay. So that's what I'm saying. Is there's, like, there's if, two teams that I feel I would if feel one of the teams shows up, they game. have a shot. And and for Cleveland, we're gonna talk about them in a little bit. But the whole point is, I think with with the confidence this team has. They've already hit bumps in the road that would have sunk other offenses. Okay, like losing Mark Andrews, then losing Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. You know what championship teams have? Next they have guys that step up. Next man up mentality. Likely, uh, and Justice Hill, who I thought was great, like from the get go this year, he gave them a different look than Gus. He gave them a different look than any of their guys. He made them explosive. The screen game. You know some of the some of the different kind of run concepts they can use with him out of the backfield mm -hmm. as a kick returner. I can remember our Super Bowl year. We lost Sproles. He was a huge deal. This guy's like a Hall of Famer. And you know who stepped up? All those running backs: Jay Ajayi, um, Corey Clement. There were a number Jay of guys. Ajayi. Yeah, that 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 really stepped up. And Jason Peters went down. Who stepped up? Big V got himself a contract. Mm -hmm. So. And then he gets to Detroit and he's not as good, right? But the point is, when you're on a team like this, you got to have the depth pieces and you got to have the, the support system to elevate those guys. They have this. And so. I and want to say shout out to UVA <laughs> alum Morgan Moses on that, on that old line and playing very well, running down, like cleaning it off. The he's pile. had a really good career, man. Yeah, he really has. He's and been it, awesome. And, and what a and good guy. He's the guy that he guy. definitely he's had injuries before, but to yep. see him still out there playing well and being part of like maybe an MVP and like MVP offense right now, like if if Lamar ends up getting it, like you don't get that without your O line, everyone up front playing very well week to week, and that's what that the, the the Ravens O line have been doing. And they've also and they have played well, but they've also had a couple bumps in the road where Ronnie Stanley's been hurt and he hasn't played well, and, mm -hmm. and so like I just the point an MVP is perfectly encapsulated in this guy, Mar uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, the, the, he he's everything you want in MVP. You throw the stats out because when I watch the Ravens, they should not be this good. It's just like, and it's not just the quarterback offensively, but but he, Tua, Brock Purdy. You know, Brock Purdy makes some plays off platform. You talk about one read guys and and golf maybe guessing at times or whatever. Like you want to throw people in that conversation that Cam Newton was talking about, but you know you can see when Tua's off his first read and it's not two seconds. It could be a long down, mm -hmm. and it's dangerous, okay? And and with Lamar, it's like the more time that, that passes in the pocket, the more, more dangerous, dangerous he is. Yeah. Now, he can also take the quick reads, yeah. and he can he can do the one, two, three thing, but watch his plays and the way they develop. And what they, they had a three-man route maxed up yesterday. He's just back there baking like, a cake, eye in the field, and when somebody gets open, he hits them, and, and that's not what you see out of some other offense. Honestly, it looks like, like to what you were saying, Almost like two out of four guys have to win immediately on a rush, like for you guys to like disrupt and get to to um, Lamar Jackson. Because the way, like you said, that when a play is extended, that after the initial 
like, oh my God, oh my God, he's gonna get sacked. Once you realize he's not gonna get sacked, it's almost like, oh, he's about to, he's about to get 20 yards. You're play. rushing to contain, not to get home almost. Like you're yeah. rushing to keep him home. But it's just like, he's a guy, even when you're rushing to contain, he still finds he changes a way. The, and he changes the way people rush. So yeah. like right off the bat, you have to spend more time in meetings because of this guy. He changes the aggressiveness that you guys play with and the whole thing. And like I said, they're gonna be really hard to beat at home. And there's a couple teams that might have a shot, but more than anything, this win sets up two things, okay, in week 18. The number one thing it sets up is Baltimore and Pittsburgh, uh, and Pittsburgh having a chance to go to the playoffs, Never okay? Die. And on top of that, if Pittsburgh <laughs> wins this game, then Never we'll die. talk about Buffalo in a Pittsburgh. second, but Buffalo then has to win to get in. And wow. Pittsburgh, okay. Pittsburgh is a four-point favorite, so Vegas seems to think that the Ravens will be resting. And and this is an interesting deal because I just want to say this about Pittsburgh. The run game looked awesome yesterday. They knew if they went up to Seattle and got the run game going, they could win that game. They did, but more than anything, Mason Rudolph, the throws that he made at Ooh. some points of the game were legitimate big boy throws. What's they the weren't deal? just like game manager throws. What is the deal here? I didn't have that on my fucking bingo I didn't card. have it on my bingo card either, but when he played a couple years ago, who was he throwing the ball to? George Pickens makes a big difference. I, you know, like, and I know he didn't have It's just been a, a million I catches. Forget, you know, you, for, you forget. But over the last two weeks, the big shots, the explosive that, that he's been able to unlock to Pickens and the new offense. Like, yeah. I, don't, I want to be fair to Kenny Pickett. Like, I think if Pickett was healthy, you'd see some yeah. progression as well, and they might not have had to win that game. But the point is, for your boy, eight and a half wins was the win total. And I thought that was dead in the dirt when Kenny Pickett uh, got hurt at the end of the Cardinals game. I cannot believe what a what a start to the season. Then between wins seven and eight, what a crater. And then what a comeback to go eight and nine. And put yourself in a position now with Mike Tomlin again, not losing in a season. To play the Ravens, a team that even if the Ravens were, weren't resting guys, you've already beat them. Oh, call the ambulance. But not for Mike Tomlin. Not for Wait, Mike so Tomlin. If they win, they're in? If they win and <laughs> Buffalo loses, okay, okay, they're okay. in. Yeah. Now, I, I think there's another Jacksonville they element to this. If Jacksonville loses and they win, they could get in. They could also get in with a Colts-Texans tie. So there's a couple things that could happen, but the simplest way to get there is they got to win and then they root for Miami. Yep. Okay, and Funniest so meme going around is, this, is Martin Lawrence in, in the movie Life. Mm. And, and at one point he like leans up and he's like, no one wants to hear that bullshit. And it's like Mike Tomlin, every time you guys think he's not He's gonna, not dead. <laughs> he's not, he's not dead. And that's dead. one of the reasons we said a couple weeks ago, like, wait till the end of the season. Yeah. Just wait. You know, because if they get in the playoffs, like, what are you going to do? you going to fire him for doing the same thing he's been doing for years? I mean, and actually, like, a pretty impressive job, even though he put himself in this situation in some ways. I thought they were past the point of no return with this roster and quarterback situation and fans are fed up with the stars. It was easy to... They just show up and, and win on the road in that fashion. Yeah. It's awesome to see. And shout and, out to Mason Rudolph for, for like, just like looking at the micro inside. It's just like throwing the keep throwing the ball to Pickens like right now when all this like heat is on him keep it simple and, like you know what I'm saying and like give him a chance to kind of like redeem himself with the fans and yep. everyone and he did that over the last couple of weeks and like a Big quarterback time. doesn't really have to do that like yeah you make the plays but it's just something that it it it, it, it's He's cool that they, they that they still have a chance knowing it looked like a dumpster fire like just two to three weeks ago and I yep. think at the end of this game you know, they they force a big turnover, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, because it with Gino the last couple of weeks, there's been magic all year with him, and you did not want to defend a touchdown. 
going going in at the end of that game for Seattle, and I just thought this was a huge win for them. They hit rock bottom and they did something about it, which to me like is evidence that there is still a sliver of culture there. And so, like, while the job might be tough, they're getting it done. And so, you know, when you look at Baltimore and resting starters, Baltimore has a history. 2019, they were the one seed. They sat Lamar, Yonda, Earl Thomas, Ingram, uh, Brandon Williams. They lost the next game, if you remember that, in the the, uh, divisional round against – they got the bye, then they lost. And so part of the concern for me – and that was the Titans – who barely threw Losing the ball, steam. and they ran the ball. And you know, late in the season, you need those run fits. So if you're not going to get, if you're not going to get the reps in a game, you better be practicing hard in the whole thing. Because yeah. like New England, when I was there in 2016, we had to play like a half, and then I got to stay in a little bit because I had some incentives, and I hit the incentives. So thank you, Bill. That's awesome. <laughs> but on top of that, on top of that, I think um, I think playing that half really kept us sharp. And I know that like Brandon Staley got killed for this last year. And, and sometimes because the guy is thought of as an idiot, people are like, he's just an idiot. And uh, who got hurt? It was Mike Williams got hurt. Yeah. And then they blow the game in L.A. or in Jacksonville. They blow the and lead. People are trying to connect the dots and that sort of thing. But I can connect the dots to teams that sit people too much and end up in trouble. And, you know, I had Reed look this up since 2005. Uh, teams that are that rested starters or sat the QB before half in Week 18 are 11 and 14 uh, in the in their next playoff game, and then teams that that did not rest their starters in Week 18 are 30 and nine. So I'm not saying you don't rest your starters, and Brandon Staley definitely you know maybe kept Mike Williams in too long or that sort of thing, but it's a it's a chance thing. It could happen in practice. It's a freak deal. And so I'm just saying, for Baltimore. You've got so much positive momentum. Look what momentum did for you. You're a short week off San Francisco. You show up. You kick the shit out of the Dolphins. You're just mowing down elites, right? (coughs) Mowing down elites. You're mowing down elites. So then you take a break. Like, what do you look like? And with the history of the way they played in the playoffs, I kind of wonder how they're going to play this. In 2012, they clinched the North. They rested six starters. They played Flacco and Rice for a couple series. I still think they can win with Huntley. And this feels like a spot where maybe the Steelers lose, right? Like it's just the because they also they also I think won in 2019 against the Steelers in this same situation. It's a little bit different because the Steelers needed the Titans to lose. Titans did not lose, but you know, like the Steelers were playing for their playoff lives. So you're saying they Ravens should guy. play the, the Ravens should play their guys. I'm at not least saying, a little bit. I'm just saying. I'm not. I don't have a take, Kyle. But the people, numbers what I don't want to have on my head. Thirty and nineteen versus eleven and fourteen is an obvious one for me. If I'm a head coach, I'm saying yes, guys. You have to wear your pads. But well, and it might be handing the ball off a lot early in the game great. and just getting but, some getting some nine on seven out there. Boots, either yeah. throw it or throw it to the sideline. So, do you think this is a coach's decision or is it a coach's choice? to go to his guys and maybe get the captains and be like, It's a coach's decision. It's always a coach's decision. There'll be guys like on the Ravens that even if they play guys for a quarter, like there might be a guy gets shut down. That he's just got some nagging shit. And they were banged up coming out of that game. So like there are guys that you just got to put a personal touch on and say, hey, like this guy shouldn't play anyways. But I'm just saying there is a devil's advocate part of this argument where everybody wanted to jump Brandon Staley about that thing. Yeah. And maybe they had nothing to gain, I can't remember, but part of it is staying sharp. 
And, you know, like, I will die on that hill that they're, I'm not going to laugh at every coach that plays their guys yep. and when they don't have to. And knocking your rival out of the playoffs. And that's one for me where I don't know if that's something that, like, say they're up late in this game. Is there a calculus for Harbaugh to say, like, who do we think we'd rather eliminate from the field? Who do you think's got a better chance of knocking off these other elite teams? Because it's them and it's some other teams that can beat by anybody, yeah. right? And I don't know if that in, anybody includes Pittsburgh. I don't know if it includes some of these other teams. So I'm I mean, not like, saying coaches like make loser, decisions based on that. That's a loser mentality, though. Is it? I, th I think so. Like, it's you just gotta, oh, it's I, I, I feel like it's, it's like, yeah, you're thinking ahead. So but win at like, all costs. It's just win, like yeah. win. So right, don't have why not play your guys? Because you, I think that team, you probably believe in your heart, like yo, our backups are still better than sure. They're, whoever what, they're going to play on the field. What I'm asking, and it's an open-ended question, yeah. it has nothing to do with what I think. But is there anything in John Harbaugh's head where he's like, you know, like for instance, we're going to get in the NFC in a little bit. You think if Detroit had a chance at the end of the season to not play the Rams because they look like they could play the Rams? and they had to lose a game to play somebody else, you think they would lose that game? I think so, rather than having Matt Stafford come to, or, you know, in some fantasy scenario, mm -hmm. hypothetical. So the point is, like, there are teams, and they have the luxury to not worry about it because they're that good, but some teams might say, hey, we don't like our matchup in that first we round. We can change this. We can change this. You know, so anyways. I hear you. I, I think, I think. There's we'll, a lot of time to sit and think. Mm -hmm. You know, when yeah. you're these guys. I had it happen to me the one time I was going to make the playoff with the Bears and with, the, with the Vikings and Green Bay. And uh. they, the Green Bay, they kind of played soft at the end of the season and they let the Vikings win. So they would play them in the first round See? the following week and they beat the hell out of them. And the, the Bears would have got in. That's when Lovey, we went, won 10 games that year. So it happens. Yep. You know, and so. He got fired. Intentionally or not, it just happens where things work out for the better or not Green for Bay. the Week 18. But I, I, there is a mirror image game in the NFC that we're going to talk about in a little bit that has a lot of implications. But here's what it sets up. The second thing it sets up, that Baltimore win. Not only that Baltimore game against the Steelers and the implications there, but ultimately Buffalo and Miami. And this is going to be playoff football. Because mm -hmm. for Buffalo, it may, it may it very well be playoff football because if Pittsburgh wins, then Buffalo has to win to get in. Mm -hmm. This whole run that they've been on, it's kind of like going to New England and saying, you can't just run the ball. You're going to have to throw the ball. And they weren't great, but there was no shortcut. Now there's no shortcut to get into the playoffs. For Miami, it's six or two. For Buffalo, it's in or out. This is going to be fucking huge. And they moved it to Sunday Night Football, oh. which I think is, is, is big oh, for football cool. fans anyways. Yeah. But on top of that, what it does for Buffalo. and I think This was does, a CBS game? I think it does a good – yeah, I don't know. It was maybe, and then you lose Romo, and now you got to watch yeah. – because I love hearing Romo react to Josh. Yeah. Okay, so, so here's what it does for <laughs> Buffalo, Kyle. And you tell me as a player, and Nate, you tell me as a player. But I think this helps Buffalo because they're not looking at that score – it's either two types of pressure, we and they're both good. Number one, hey, we're in. We're playing with house money. We could be playing in Buffalo. If we lose, we're still getting in, okay? Right. The number two kind of pressure is almost even better. It's more uncomfortable, but as a player, it might get more out of you, and that's you got to win and you get in. That's it. Those two kinds of pressure they could be feeling Sunday night, yeah. I feel good as a player. Like, you're going on the road. It's you against the world. And they played well against the Dolphins for the most part. You remember that game last? Here's what's in interesting about this, this little rivalry that's popped up. Each game has been different, okay? In, 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 in Miami last year at the beginning of the season, it was hot as fuck, not an excuse. Uh, Buffalo had a bunch of guys down. Miami got the win, okay? That was a lower scoring game. They got the win. 
the game in the snow, that was the closest thing to two full-strength teams. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a, a classic, and Buffalo pulled it out. Then you get Skylar Thompson against Buffalo in the playoffs, right? So you don't get the two-a rematch or the trilogy. This year, in the beginning of the season, Bills were at, like, Super Bowl full strength. They, they've lost some guys, but they've replaced some guys pretty well, I think. Uh, and, and now this matchup is going to look unique in its own right. And I think the, the key for Buffalo is can they, can they execute the same game plan they had in week, in week two or three or whatever it was. And I think they can because the game plan there was take away the flats, have the corners play the run, you know, play them up a little bit and, and lock down the perimeter. And there are risks there, right? Like if you're playing cover two and you're, you're playing aggressive, like that honey hole's bigger. 20 yards and, down the field and on the, the sideline. Yeah, and, but, but for Buffalo, they, they brought in Rasul Douglas. That's huge. And I thought Rasul played really well yesterday. Like the reason they brought him in is, is I mean, he's a zone corner with really good instincts. And he can play certain coverages better than others. They've kept him in good situations, and he's flourished there. And he's got championship you know, DNA being an Eagle in 2017, those turnovers that they created at home yesterday are the reason they won that game. Not the offense, not Josh Allen, who did not play well, who missed a lot of balls, okay? And he's been missing balls the last two, three weeks. That part of me has wondered, uh, part of me has wondered, and I've wondered out loud, and this isn't caping for Josh, people are gonna tell me I'm caping for Josh, but when you've got a guy that's part of the quarterback run game and they picked that up over the second half of the season, as football players, not everything that's dinged is on the injury report. Mm -hmm. And if you're a thrower of the football, I can imagine that certain little things, if you're a guy who runs the football too, can linger. Yeah. So hopefully it's not an injury, but he has been off. And I think you'll get his best Sunday night. I really do. But, um, but more than anything, I think it's just going to be an incredible game with a lot of, of – of, um, Atmosphere. Is I mean, Mostert going to be back? <clears throat> I hope so. Don't know I don't know. Waddle. Waddle's, Waddle, they said Waddle might not play. Okay, so if Waddle doesn't if, play, I know you're down Trey White and you're down Milano and that sort of thing, but you got Daquan Jones back. The backers have picked up well nicely behind him. McDermott's still a good coordinator. Do you, do you think you're much worse off than the first time you played him? You know, because Waddle's down. Because now you got one guy to worry about a little bit more. I th and, I and with, so the Bills with are three-point favorites. The Bills are three-point favorites. And the Chubb injury hey, is a big deal. Chubb injury is big. Holland officially we'll see. out with an ACL, uh, and that's terrible for Chubb because he was starting to play really well. Yeah. He was starting to like live up to that trade because that trade yeah. was one that for me was like eh. head scratcher. But he was playing well, and now you're down Jalen Phillips. You're down Chubb. You're down Howard. Now they're a really good defense. They have a lot of pieces, but how many is too many to lose? And maybe Howard's up. Uh, but they lost Eichenberg last week, and they blitzed the hell out of Lamar. So, Lamar had a, a <clears throat> high success rate. I'm not. It's all about how Josh Allen's going to be dealing with that pressure rate. And Josh has been getting Vic. pressured for weeks now. Like, yeah. he, and he got pressured a lot yesterday. And in the middle of the, the the offensive line, they got beat bad in some situations. The middle of that pocket, they had him throwing off his back foot. So can Miami do that the same way? I, you know, I don't know. But this is going to be an incredible game. I lean Bills because. I, I'm just not going to come off my spots on who I think teams are. I just so, so do you think that the later game, if we should be worried about <laughs> now Buffalo has a little bit more time in Miami to no. hang out distractions? No, I don't the think night so. Before. I don't think so. They've gone to L.A. and taken care of business in night games. L.A.'s not Miami. I understand. No, I think it'll be a benefit because there's vitamin D. Tinder is Tinder. There's vitamin those guys. E, which is which is not in Buffalo, so they're going to be in Miami. The weather's going to be nice. They'll go on a walk. Yeah, they'll get some nice lunch. They'll actually feel really good. Vitamin D 
which is huge for your recovery. And Miami and Miami primetime games, not so great, you know. And both of these teams coming off a game with the Ravens, right? Like Ravens and Pats, mm-hmm. very, very, very physical teams. Baltimore probably maybe more so, but like New England's still physical. So both these teams early in this game, it's going to be like it's going to feel like the Dallas game. I think early in this game, have we sobered like, up on Joe Brady? No, I haven't sobered up on Joe Brady. Josh has got to make the throw. Yeah. Man, you that Stefan Diggs would have been Yeah. <clears throat> so I cannot wait like for that a game. Madden throw. And and for and for for Miami, what's at stake if you lose is obviously you gotta to go to Kansas City. And you think you had a tough time with him in Germany. Dude, that like you'd be at Arrowhead. You'd be at Arrowhead and Nick Bolton would be back because mm. he wasn't there the first time. You know, so it's not where you want to go if you're Miami. There's still a chance for Miami. Like Miami just Miami. If certain teams get beat, Miami can make a run. I'm mad but, at Miami, man. Oh, it t- didn't take Tyreke, you long. Man. It's just Tyreek. It's just like Tyreek's the problem with Miami. Bro, it's it's not, but it's just honestly, he has one big, like, costly drop. It doesn't just like you talked about earlier, it doesn't maybe seem like it because of the scores, but like the flow of the game. No question. He, he has like a big drop, one a game. But let me ask you something. If you're the greatest show on turf, is one one drop a game gonna kill you? No. Is that the difference between 19 points and 40 points? But, but they're not the greatest show but, on turf. But this You're not. The Ravens were uh-huh. yesterday. The Ravens the Ravens offense might but be I don't better than Miami's yeah. offense. But yeah. I don't I don't believe they're the greatest show on earth without without Moster. Like that's a moisture thing. I I, moisture. I think I think he moisture. demands I think he demands more in a defensive game plan uh-huh. when you know he's back there just for for play action and whatever it may be that other teams right now, even though Akun, whatever, A like, Chain, they really I'm like Akun. They really like A Chain. They really like A Chain. Here's my concern with being now mo- moisture, as you call them. Yep. They they can't split those carries, and like A Chain's not the biggest guy in the world. Like, so how many times are you going to give him the ball in the yeah. game? And for for yesterday, like he was a lot of their offense for a long time. Yeah. And so I guess I guess my point is both teams have injuries. Some are more longstanding. Some might be newer. Who's going to be able to adjust those injuries? The Bills have been adjusting for weeks, and they're getting guys back. Claypool, they, step up, man. Uh, step up. Yeah, Claypool. Block uh, the noise out and just uh, step up. But Nate, they still, they, still, they, you still got time. But they still get boat raced. Nate. I know. They I, know I know. I know. I'm just saying. Just somebody, somebody, I saw somebody say that the, those two drops were the difference in the game. <laughs> At some point, the Jim Jones cult that's going on down there has to stop with the fans, man. Like, you're going to end up on the ground with a Kool-Aid cup next to you. Like just walk out, cause cause it's not. That's not the difference in the game. Those two, there there are teams that are better than you. There are offenses that are, that are better than you. If the Dolphins want to win, and this was this was my point coming out of Dallas game. You know why that was so impressive to me? Cause the defense won that game. The offense played their part like like any other good offense would do. Came up empty a lot, forcing the kick field goals. They did, but more than anything, the defense won that game, right? And so I think if they want to go on a run, they got to keep the points down to like twenty five a game. Yeah. You know, and if they if they get if the defense they're playing an elite team and they're they're chasing thirty points, ironically Miami has showed us they can't do that yeah, in those yeah. in these big spots. They're the most or at night offense and they can't play from behind. Well, they're the most expo- crazy. they're the most explosive offense crazy. and it's nineteen points right. a game. Paradox. Look back. You're mad at me. You're mad at me. You. You're mad at me. Look back <laughs> at every time the Dolphins have played a playoff team the last two years. How many points a game they've scored? It's probably nineteen on 19. the nineteen. So the point is, you can get mad at me, but what I'm telling you is the defense has to play better, and it wasn't even close, and they're losing guys. So that's my worry about Miami. They can go on a run, but it's all about matchups. So he said moisture. He <clears throat> said Okun for Mostert <laughs> and A-Chan. A- yeah. Uh, A-Chain, and he's changed it a bunch. Uh, 
they do this they do this segment with Charles Barkley on one of his shows. It's called Who He Play For. Yeah. And they show four faces. Yeah. Or or they show a, a a face and then they have four teams. And yeah. Barkley has to guess <coughs> which one he plays for. I think it would be a fun segment to do it. With Nate, that'd be awesome. Who he play for. We'll do it next. We'll we'll rip it. <laughs> we'll we already ripped Studio J from PNT, so we'll we'll yeah. rip that too. Um but but the team that, that that Miami might have to go play is Kansas City. And the, after yesterday, buddy. Okay, I'll just say this: they found themselves in a hole because Browning can play. Okay, like Browning's on a contract where he's probably going to end up back in Cincy next year, and the shame of it is he can't make a lot of money. But like looking off Snead to buy time for the, for Higgins on the corner blitz, beating the blitz in the red zone, using his legs. Look, you know, holding a safety on third and two, like these are big boy deals on the road at Arrowhead, and you got a 17-7 lead after that Trey Hendrickson sack. You, you know, uh, um, Kansas City's got a chance to answer. They, they, you know, Kelsey drops the ball. It's right, it's right off the mark. You know, like there's a bunch of stuff before the half where they have a chance to. What's to, so funny? Man. They have a, they have a chance to get a touchdown. And MVS drops the ball. And you're just like, again, dude, again. Like, it's, it's, it's just every time. And you come out of the half, so you fuck the two for one up. You come out of the half. Mm -hmm. the, you know, since he's got the ball, you're down 17-13, right? And since he's driving and you get a hold, they're in the red zone. But then something interesting happened. Okay, this is hopefully the biggest moment of the Chiefs season. I'm not trying to talk them into to, to being contenders because I don't know if they are. But Willie Gay, who was pissed off at Omenahu in the red zone, the red zone's been a sticking point for the Kansas City Chiefs. You Ooh, saw him on Willie the sideline. He was pissed. And I don't know if it was because Browning got out again or what, but he came through on that fourth and one and knifed downhill and made that play, and then they went. And you know why they went? Because the next two possessions, something very interesting happened. Okay, the first one, they take a shot to MVS. Surprise, they don't hit it, but it's right there. Oh. And, 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 and I'm like, okay, they're taking shots. Like, just a, a simple shot, okay? Oh, and, the then they, and then they go back to Watson for 41 yards. Oh, gasp, there's a flag. It's it's same old Kansas City thing. It's a hold on Dax Hill. Yeah. So they get a break, they take shots, they go down, they kick a field goal. Okay, they didn't score touchdowns down the, down the stretch. But, you know, Miami won a, a big game last week doing just that. Okay, so with a defense like this, kicking field goals is enough. And the next possession, you get a little Mahomes magic where he – I lose the ball. He's so, he's so elusive back there, and he's pumping, he's turning, and he comes up. And he converts on a second and eight, and there's a flag. And you're like, oh, shit. Here we go again. It's on them. Mm -hmm. And then what do you get the very next play? You get Rasheed Rice's longest play of the season for the Chiefs. And they can't score a fucking touchdown. Which is, okay, baby steps. You know what about Bob, Kyle? Yeah. One of the I'm best movies the of all time. It's, it's, it. he's doing. They're doing the baby steps. This is a start. And field goals can win you games. You just saw it. You just saw it. I mean, Cincinnati's giving people a lot of trouble. And you haven't won a game at he's Arrowhead. He's the only guy I don't blink. When in, they roll him out there. Yeah. And he goes out there and he, and he leans over and you can see that little hamstring and it's just like jacked as fuck. I'm like, here goes the machine again. Well, here's the deal. Six for six yesterday? Here's, here's the deal. You're talking about uh, Butker? Butker. That guy's a machine. You got a great kicker. Use him. Kick field goals. You got to kick field goals. Kick field goals. You got a great defense. And this defense has come on in the second half of games. They did not lose that game on defense last week. They forced zero completions the last three quarters. In the Buffalo game, 
They tightened up in the second half. There was a time when I turned to Nolan and was like, dude, this is what this is what makes Kansas City dangerous in the playoffs. This defense That was the last drive of the Arrowhead. game last night. And they tightened up the last two drives. You know what we had those last couple drives? You had multiple Karloftis sacks. Reed, Justin Reed, turn it into a pass rusher. Great move. Two plays Justin in a row. Spags just putting him in the exact right spot. It, you had you had Chris Jones sack. You had a Chris Jones pressure when Irwin's wide open, like they just the pocket caved in on him in the second half, and I think a lot of it had to do with adjustments they made, but also just as a group rushing together and collapsing that pocket. And in the biggest and, moment, and they can do that. They might not have five blue chip guys up front, but they have Karloftis. They have uh, they have Dana. They have guys that can cave the pocket, and they got one blue chip stud, and they got pressures. You know, they got backers that can run through. Like this is a dangerous group in the second half of a game at home, and that's why Miami doesn't want to see them mm -hmm. because they have the backers just like Baltimore has the backers. Is the Chiefs' defense better than the Miami <coughs> offense is? Yes. Okay. And then my other question is, did you see the – like we, we heard Jamar Chase talking shit about this defense, and I know that this defense is super tight from being there, and all the pieces aren't the same, but the core of it is the same. Yeah. And I saw <coughs> the way that defensive line flew to the ball down the field. Yeah. On short and intermediate throws – um, particularly Omenehu. Yeah. Getting down there and just hustling, spearing guys in the back. Screen the in the fourth quarter. The whole I'm like, that shit matters. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing as when you play O line. It's what I watched Creed Humphrey do yesterday. And I, was, I texted him before the game. I said, salt mine game. His rookie year, Andy Heck had him stand up in the meeting the night before the game. He was like, why don't you introduce yourself and talk about what's important tomorrow? And Creed stood up. He was like, I'm Creed. You guys know me. And I think tomorrow we should just bring these guys to the salt mines and find out how hard they want to work. Which I'm like, <laughs> and and I watched him play yesterday, and there was one play. He's got a guy with his arm straight up in the air, and he's just climbing his armpits. You know what I mean? Ten yeah. yards down the field. Yeah. I did tweeted salt mines after the game. Creed texted me two words: salt, salt mines. mines. And I'm like, this is the part of the season when Isaiah Pacheco, who busted for 130 a career high yesterday can be that integral part of the offense where you can really wear people down up the middle. And then, obviously, you've got Kelsey to fall back on, Rasheed Rice, the explosion. And, man, MVS, can we just can we figure out what we're going to do so, with him? You got, here's what you got to yeah. do. Find a way to get Washington to fire their staff ahead of time. Uh -huh. get, get somebody. Eric Bieniemy yeah. on a plane to Kansas City. I know, but would he want to go back and be an OC? No, 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 not an OC. I'm talking about right now. Yeah. I'm talking about for the, oh, playoffs. For the playoffs. I'm talking about Consultant. the same thing that Vic Fangio did for the Eagles. I don't know if you can do yeah, It's called Consultant Gig. Consultant deal or something. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's what's got to happen. Great Eric Bieniemy, the ward. It's like, you know, in the movies when all the guys are fucking off in their jail cells and they're all like, you know, making ramen noodles. And then all of a sudden you hear clink, 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 clink. And it's just the dude with all the keys and the wooden thing. He's just mm -hmm. rattling it on the, mm -hmm. on the cage. It's like, guys, we better get our act together. Mm -hmm. That was how EB was in that building. Like, yeah. If you weren't on your P's and Q's, you had to answer to EB. So you tell me he would yell at the quarterback? Dude, those two are so competitive and so on their P's and Q's. Like Sean Payton? And it's not, o yeah. and it's not, only, it's not only the quarterback. <laughs> it's everybody. It's all those receivers you plug and play for the jet sweeps and the motions. <laughs> and the motions. EB was the guy that made it all happen so get him on an airplane he's the detail guy from what i understand he's the guy that like if you weren't on your shit you were going to hear about it and <coughs> i don't know if they airplane. have a guy like that two housekeeping items from that game well i want to say this <clears throat> cincinnati might be the reason they looked the way they did with the explosives in the run game but you got to keep doing it you got to keep taking shots you got to keep pounding the ball 
Um, Cincinnati, I want to shout out Trey Hendrickson. We put that social out. Somebody in the chat asked, who today reminds me of, um, of myself? And I said, like, Trey's going to have more buckets. I mean, but Trey reminds me of me when I was at my best was, was Trey. It was the same mindset. It was the same, like, technique, the whole thing. And so Trey reached out to me, he saw it, and he's like, dude, thanks, man. That means a lot, like, the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And then two days later, I open up a package at my house. Reed's like, hey, you got a package. It's from the Bengals. Trey gave me a new jersey. So I got the New Orleans one. That's and then amazing. And then I got the, the Trey Hendrickson with the Paul uh, – not Paul Brown, whoever it is. is it Paul, uh, yeah, got Paul the, Brown. <clears throat> the Paul Brown uh, logo stitched in, in the, the, the jersey. It's an orange 91. And wrote a really nice note. Like, basically, for Trey, when I was – he, I was to him like, you know, Kyle Vandenbosch was to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had the DVDs of Kyle Vandenbosch <laughs> on my... Vandenbosch uh, lit the way down the path for you. Yeah, and, and I didn't play like Kyle Vandenbosch. I was a different player, but the hustle and just watching him like, like go about his business, that meant a lot to me. And if Vandenbosch ever told me that I was a great player, which he didn't, um, I would have been over the moon. And, you know, like I think Trey, even though he's me and better now, it's like that was cool of him to hear that, and it was cool for me to get a jersey. I hadn't gotten a jersey in a couple years. Mine was Steve Smith Sr. Steve Smith Sr.? You would have played like Steve Smith Sr. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. The funniest thing about Steve Smith Sr. is – What, is, motherfucker? Yeah. I, I, I grew up a Panthers fan, as you know. Take this outside. And we go, we, we, we go to Carolina. You jag. Just punching people. Yeah, jag ass. We went to Carolina, and, and I got ejected, and they threw beer bottles at me on the I way out. I remember that. Fuck you, Carolina. They thought I was flipping them off. I was pointing to the guy that threw a beer bottle at me. And – and, and, you know, there was just all these, all these narratives after the game, and I felt terrible because I loved the Panthers growing up. I had face paint and went to the games and shit, and I'm getting ejected at the stadium. You were like that, Jair Alexander. They didn't right? know him. They didn't know, they know I'm, know I'm, I'm from Charlottesville, <laughs> you know? And then, and then the worst part was Steve Smith and I are talking, like, after one of the scuffles, like, real close to each other, and we're just talking, mm-hmm. like, me and Steve, you know? Like, I, we didn't have an issue. And after the game, people thought me and Steve – we're getting into it, and I'm like, I would never, dude. He was one of my favorite players, yeah, and Kyle. Like, Steve would have killed me in Tuesday. Yeah, and and Kyle modeled his game after Steve. So what's um? You what's, watch me what's, play. What's, you know what's, that. what's uh, oh, the, <laughs> the clip? The best Steve Smith clip ever is Steve Smith versus Akeeb. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that clip of them going at mm-hmm. it during that game mm-hmm. is absolutely like football. Like if you like football and like two people who are assholes and like super competitive, just watch that clip. It no was fun. like Dion versus uh <coughs> God, who was the receiver in there? They're like they hated each other. Well, I don't know, but it's like Mike Evans and Lattimore, which oh. we didn't get yesterday. Or it was like but- Jalen and uh <laughs> Who did Jalen fight? Who was who? Who was Jalen getting? Jalen Ramsey, like four years, three years. Ago? I don't know. I don't know. There's all these matchups. To your point, yeah. like there's nothing more football than watching two alphas. Last thing, Go you're ahead. gonna like this. W- wishing a happy birthday to Andy Heck. Mm, happy birthday, Chiefs Andy offensive Heck today. line coach Kyle's old offensive line coach today. Oh, happy right. birthday! Got the run game going. We should call AJ Green. Kyle. Okay, and then AJ Green. it was AJ Green. Like, you're on the Green Light podcast. Great win yesterday. Yeah, he's not gonna say anything. Uh, so all, all we have left to sort out in the AFC is that this whole AFC South mess, right? Um, Jacksonville took care of business. I felt like this is a game where Trevor might have played <laughs> in another scenario, but Jacksonville and Doug say, hey, we, we trust Beathard. We trust the defense more than anything. The defense got it done. Josh Allen broke the single-season record in Jacksonville. It was 14 sacks. He's got 16 and a half now. He had three. He had a hat trick. So 
good for him. And, you know, like, Beathard did a good job against the Blitz. Like, so he got them out of this spot. No turnover. Did not turn the ball over. That was executed to a T by this team, ironically, because they haven't executed anything right. But executing this game plan, they got it done. It was Carolina. And now they've guaranteed that if they win this week, they win the division, and they're in. Okay, win but you're in. But you've got Houston and Indy who got wins. Houston, big day from Stroud, big day from Will Anderson. The, the young guys, Stroud's got, you know, Anderson's got seven sacks now. Slowick they, blueprint game. They don't have to do anything too crazy on offense without any turnovers. You, go, you just go out and win the game, let your defense make some plays here. And, there. and that was a big win yesterday, but the, the win against the Titans two weeks ago was the biggest win of their season. And it was just because they finally slayed the dragon. They held yeah. Derrick Henry down. You know, they, they found a way to stay week. in that game. And Derrick was still bleeding this week. Yeah, yeah and, and so... You know, like, that was a big win yesterday for them. Indy had a huge win. I thought <clears throat> they had it in control from the beginning. That shot to Pierce on third and one with <coughs> Spillane in, uh, in, in, in Minshew's face, that was a huge play. And it set them up to kind of have control of the game. Um, you know, they tightened up defensively at midfield. They forced a lot of punts and drives to stall at midfield. And, and the Indy in defensive backs, like I know Devontae went off in the second half, but a lot of no-name guys competing their asses off, making plays. Um, you know, they, they, they scored on an opening drive again. Like that's been what they've done every game, it feels like, including game one, Indy and Houston. They came out and they had control of that game. So, you know, I just think, I just think for Houston, it's going to be not getting jumped in this game. They're way different than they were that first matchup. There are some guys who are down, but I think this team's grown up. So, you know, it is the game's in Indy, right? And so it's it's going to be a huge atmosphere. This is going to be another game that feels like a playoff game. And if you remember in that game, Richardson had played early in that game, got knocked out of that game. Uh, the QB run game was something they had to prepare for. They don't have to prepare for it now this week. Uh, Texans pass rush, 12 pressures, no sacks in that game. So, like, they have to get home, and they've been getting home more. I think that's going to be the big difference is how much better that pass rush is. And Indy, Rankings. their pass rush is a lot better now. Like, they're up near the top of the league in, in sacks. So, it might be as simple as which offensive line plays better. Yeah. And I thought Indy's offensive line did a really nice job yesterday. So, huge game. The way that lays out is whoever wins that game is in the playoffs, Ooh, right? Right. And if Jacksonville loses on top of that, you win the division. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the losers, the odd team out, um, even if Jacksonville loses. For Houston, they feel like, they <clears throat> feel like to me, like a team similar to the Rams. I mean, even though we've got, like, a super old quarterback in L.A. and a super young quarterback in Houston. Team you might want, not want to see. The formula is if you've got a damn good quarterback and you've got a smart guy running the show on offense – you got a defense that's reliable. You tend to win more than you lose. And for the for the Houston Texans, they may be just young and puppyish enough to go in there <coughs> and beat somebody in the playoffs. And I mean, I do look for them to get after it in Indianapolis. I think that it does come down to the quarterback at this point in the season. And Gardner Minshew, I just don't know if it becomes a shootout if he can hang with our. Guys. I I almost feel like if the Texans get in, they're more dangerous than the Colts. And I think most teams. And would what agree. Zach Moss situation? <clears throat> Well, it, you know, Taylor's back, and Taylor looked good yesterday. Yeah, but they're a, they're a two-back team. They are. And Steichen. Because Steichen, Steichen, like, listen, that drive where they went to kick a field goal in the fourth quarter, I think they ran the ball seven straight times. And on the first drive, I think he was five for 25 or something like that, Taylor. And they kind of went away from Can it. Can he do it again? You got to stay with the run game, you know? You got to stay with the run game because these guys up front are playing pretty well for Houston. And so 
the only team left that we really have to talk about are the Browns. And, oh, yeah. You know, that there's two games this year where the under felt like locks on in primetime, and it was Pittsburgh and New England, and we know how that game went. It was like they hit it in the first quarter. We used to <laughs> say we're going to go to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. Was, you got to go take a shit. Remember we used to say that when we were kids? Well, I never said it, but it's pretty like – The, you know, the Cleveland Browns have an opportunity to go to the want, fucking Super Bowl. The, we're not talking fecal matter here. Yeah, and if the Browns want to go to the bowl, usually that's a process that takes place in the bathroom. But it could take place on the field this year. Yes. And so, Kyle, that is so well put. Um, the question I have is where do you rank among AFC teams? And you guys said it earlier, and I keep forgetting to bring them up, but like – there are two teams, in my opinion, that, that have the best chance to go to Baltimore and win, the Bills and the Browns. And the Browns, I mean, they can do it on the backs of their defense, but their offense has – and I, New life! New life. And I think the Jets are – the Jets' defense, every defense has their breaking point. Like, when you've seen them in some big spots late in the season, they don't look like an elite defense, at least on the scoreboard. And, you know, you can't put it on their offense not showing up like the Miami game. Like, their offense moved the ball early. Mm -hmm. They just – their defense just got shredded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, when you talk about being down Cooper and still shredding that defense, like, Aaron Rodgers' job got even harder last year kind of looking at this team and thinking they'd be much better as a team than they have been this year. And <clears throat> I think that's why you got to take that performance with a grain of salt a little bit. But I still think Flacco – Jump and the run game there. and the defense and the vertical threat that he poses and Amari the poses. The Fasky coach of the year, Flacco, <clears throat> comeback player of the year. Yes, that's, what I, that's what I have bet in the Flacco, last couple weeks. How funny was it Flacco dozing off on the bench, bro? Yeah. Pretty funny, but he's older. I kind of yeah, I know, but that's that's amazing. Like I did my job, like and I'm on the bench and I can just chill here. Yeah, but I'm chilling so hard that they caught me dozing <laughs> off a little bit. Well, we do know that our, you know your level like of ex you don't realize how exhausted you are in the moment because yeah. you're you're so adrenaline up from adrenaline. But when you sit and get that moment of silence. That's when you're at most you can peace. you can kind of fall asleep. In those <laughs> yeah, situations. like middle of the game, you'll be on the bench and you zone out so hard Here, that you don't even. Here's where they can't fall asleep with the turnovers, and I think somebody brought this up, and I was talking to one of our listeners on Twitter. I have to be, and he finish. was saying, you know, like I, I can't trust the Browns because of the turnovers. Now I don't know how that plays out throughout the playoffs. You know, like I don't think that's going to be an impediment to them winning a playoff game. But when you look at the teams in the Super Bowl over the last 10 years, all but maybe two of them had positive turnover differentials. And Cleveland is down at minus seven. The Chiefs last year, minus three. I think Denver had a negative differential in 2015. I could be butchering this, but the bottom line is the, the, the vast majority of these Super Bowl teams have positive differentials. And so I do think there's something to them turning the ball over. And, you know, like on the road, that becomes an even bigger problem. Yeah. And they are going to have to go on the road. But I do think. But then what they can say, even with those turnovers. They're going to create some. The good thing but, is but the differential the side, should yeah, control I, I, for that. Yeah. Although sure. they should have a week of rest because they're locked into that five seed. They can rest people this week. Wouldn't How much do you wouldn't wanna... shock me if they're a favorite over, let's say, the Jaguars in round one. Yeah, it would not shock me, and I would take them to win that game. You know, if they play the Jags, they can win that game. They can beat the, they can beat the Dolphins. They can beat the Chiefs. They can beat the Ravens. They can, there's no team they can't beat, and there's no team they can't lose to. Right. You know, because of their. You think? Do you think that like they're probably like the most feared? Like, if you had to choose for a different team, like yo, like who do we want to see first? Like, is it like as far as oh, teams like, coming to play you? Yeah. You know, like the teams that are coming to play you, that's that's a, that's a spooky sight. Even yeah. though the defense hasn't been as good on, yeah, on the, the road. Browns. 
you know, and that's something that they've got to answer for in the playoffs. But, you know, the, that Achilles heel has been turnovers. And so Bro, we'll see if that's on Joe Flacco hit a naked boot out the blind, so he went out left. You don't do that with a 39-year-old. Kevin Stefanski is a coach and a half, man. And I, I think that's just kind of what's been proven out this year and probably should win coach of the year. And like you, you one of you guys said, Flacco should be the comeback player of the year. Yep. I mean, and David Todd and Joku Heap. And my prediction is coming together right now. If they keep winning, I said like a few weeks back when we were asking, like, how would you write the end of the script? Like if you were a script writer. And it will be Joe Flacco just How about coming if, back and almost running the tables and running through. But to to go, if he gets a chance to go to Baltimore Ooh. and finds a way to win that game, same thing oh, with Stafford. In Baltimore. Here's oh. my bold prediction. Both. Ooh. Here's the bold prediction. I don't mean, but if I say it and it happens, at least <laughs> I posed it. But like both those guys win against their old teams on the road. It's that, possible. That would Ooh. be huge for Cleveland <clears throat> because, of course, like the. Ravens exist. They were the old Browns. They got ripped out. They yes. hate that. They hate the Ravens. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I am saying there is. They have a shot, and and that's all you want when you get in the dance. Okay. Stavi's going to lose his fucking mind. Oh, <laughs> Joe Flacco. Okay. Joe Flacco. San Francisco. They got the win, just like Baltimore. Lock up. Can we home hear field. Quick, quick, quick ad oh, read though? This podcast we, is brought to you by Cash App. Know what your money is doing at all times with real time transaction alerts and card lock. What's that you say? You just lost your card? First, lock it up with a simple tap. Great. Now that you've locked it up with a simple tap, let's brainstorm places your card could be. Under the couch, in the car, on the golf course, look it up with a simple tap. In the airport, in my baby stroller, at the bar, your tab is still open. Definitely lock it up with a simple tap. So to recap, we don't know exactly where your card is, but with transaction alerts, you can have peace of mind about where your money is and what it's doing, and your Cash App card has card lock. So you can worry about everything else, but not your money. Good luck out there. Don't worry about that. That's money. That's Cash App. Cash App, the exclusive financial services partner at Greenlight. Download it in the App Store or Google Play to start saving today. Beautifully done, Kyle. Uh, and for the San Francisco 49ers, they got a win. Beautifully done by them, rebounding off that tough game. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to talk too much about that game. It kind of went how we thought it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock bounced back. But the bottom line is, they are going to host playoff games, and they have home field advantage. And for the Rams, that's good news, right? Because the Rams, you know, they had to root for the Niners the past couple weeks, and now it's finally come to fruition where the Rams escape uh, with a win. The irony of, like, and the reason I'm bringing this up is obviously for people at home that don't know this, like San Francisco is probably going to rest some starters, just like Baltimore. Whether it's a good thing to do or not, that gives the Rams a better chance to lock up the sixth seed because that's what they want. Right. I think if they go to Detroit, they love that matchup. Um, you know, San Francisco <clears throat> giving them a chance to not having to go play Dallas. You know, and like Matt Stafford, you saw how he played against the Blitz yesterday. Not as great. They had trouble up front, uh, but they got it out of win. Couple picks. Here's the irony for me that Mason Crosby, who was just on the Rams, misses that 54 yarder. Um, and the Rams still have kicking problems of their own. They missed a couple extra points, but I thought, you know, overall, this was you got your big play from Puka Nakua, you got your running game with Kyron Williams. He's going to get 1,500 yards. He was blocking his ass off. The, you know, like in a year where CJ Stroud doesn't exist, he's your rookie of the year offensively. Yeah. And, you know, you can't say enough about what he's done. Um, I think. 
I think this is the this is the floor for a team like this that can run the ball. Like even if you throw two picks on the road, like you have a chance to win because you have good playmakers and you have a run game. And the defense a has smart played run game. <laughs> the defense as we talked about has played better than than we expected them to. So the guys up front, uh, Kobe uh, Turner. Uh, he he has nine sacks on the year, and I don't want to say that too loud because I have a ticket for Jalen Carter for Rookie of the Year, uh, off Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now that 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 those odds have not changed. You know he's still number one, but this Kobe Turner guy in LA, if he was playing on a better team with nine sacks as an interior guy, threatening to break the the rookie record for the Rams held by Aaron Donald, like you're talking about him as a Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, With the, the way you just laid it out. Yeah, Byron Young is coming on. Like They, they are playing better on defense, but they have to win this game. Oh, they cut him. <laughs> yeah, they cut the kicker. So who knows what they're going to do with kicker. But the bottom line is they got to win this game. Uh, hey, that almost lost them the game. They got to win. point conversion by Tyrod Taylor. Decision not to. I feel bad game. for Tyrod Taylor. Chris? Yeah. He had a great game. Like, he did a great job. Yeah. He would have completed the hero arc. I feel bad for him. And, but, but this is what it comes down to for them. They go to San Francisco. I think they can win if San Francisco rests some guys. I think e even if San Francisco was at full strength, they're a team that, that's tough for San Francisco. Um, even though Shanahan's own McVay. I, I think when you look at the matchup over this season for a long stretch of time, nobody had played San Francisco as close. I mean, they were right there. Um, if they go to Detroit, and let's talk about Detroit, like because uh, this feels like a long time ago, but Detroit lost that game to Dallas on Saturday night. Ugh. When it comes to the matchup, I feel like Detroit had to walk out of there feeling pretty good. Like, they, they should have won that game. Now, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you, you could say, hey, we shouldn't have even given you a chance. Mike McCarthy, bad clock management. I don't know why you're throwing there. It's it's popped up this year against the Chargers. It's popped up a ton of times for Mike McCarthy. This is like a pattern of behavior where he just he can't manage the clock. Okay, you could also say if you're Dallas, well, we fumbled at the goal line. That rule's stupid. Every time that that thing comes up, people are like, we got to change the rule. No, but that's two weeks in a row that you guys have fumbled at the goal line. It's the most it's the best coveted rule. position on the like it. To your point, you say it's the best rule. That rule, like uh, I think the, so too. If you fumble it into the end zone and it goes out, that it's a touchback. It, it and should the ball be punishable goes. by death. Yes, absolutely. Like there's no <laughs> way in hell there should be a room. I mean, a rule where you get that ball back. Here's where it might change. You don't get the ball back, but maybe you start at the five. You ever heard or something like that? No, well, in the ball back. No, 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 no. Well, no, I'm, and, and, you and, don't and, start and, at the and, five. The other team starts at the five. Oh, oh, instead of the. If I got a beautiful girl, I take her on a date and I bring her home. Oh my god! And she's like, "Would you like to go up to my place?" And I'm like. Well, absolutely. That's why you know. That's why we're all here. This yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get up to the door, and I'm saying you're just like, <laughs> is she gonna say, let's walk to the to the five yard line and try? The next guy again. starts at the five yard or line. Or is she gonna say, uh, <laughs> see ya? Next guy starts at the five yard line, though. That is that is a crazy. No, but it's true. It, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Punishable by death. Yeah. It, and speaking of this game, that, Chat, remi that reminds one, me. If you agree, that reminds me of the scene in Step Brothers where everything's going great, and then they fart in the tuxedos. And that was kind of like Dan Campbell. <laughs> now in this the tuxedos game. seem a little. Yeah. Creepy. Now the tuxedos seem a little creepy. Like like going for the two point conversion again at the ten yard line. We're going to talk about all that. But have we ever have we ever seen a coach have a trick play? That is so tricky that the refs that the refs got tricked. They, they they got tricked. Yeah. Well, let me just finish saying this before we go into that thing. Like Dallas came out of this thing lost 
Tyler Smith, like who knows what's going on with his foot. Not good news. Terrence Steele's been getting beat, beat like a drum. Aiden Hutchinson was awesome. Mm -hmm. The defense played better for Detroit. Like they really did play better. They looked they looked a lot better. Um, th there's a lot of things for Detroit you, you, you feel good about. Like uh, you went to Dallas and made Dallas look different than they've looked at home all year. Yeah, Seattle played them tough, but that was a shootout. You really won a game because they won that game. You want to talk about this? We will in a second. We won a game against Dallas in a low-scoring game at home, you know. And and you said, "Hey, would Jared Goff be able to keep up? Would you?" And he didn't play great. And part of Detroit, it's not a new thing, but you know that like Jared Goff's not always going to be better than the other quarterback. And there's situations where it's not a game. And I, I got a lot of respect for the guy, but there's situations where he there's going to be a better quarterback on the other side, and there's going to be a lot of rushers, and there's going to be a ferocious defense, and you might play the Niners, you might play. I would have said the Eagles a long time ago, but. But not Oy. you. You you might play the 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 cow. You might play the Cowboys again in Dallas, and that's what all this came down to. The end of the game, you know, like this situation, everything that was on the line. You want to talk about the Rams this week? The Rams might be. You might have played yourself into a situation because you lose that game, and San Francisco's resting starters, right? Because there's nobody chasing them. Where now the Rams beat the Niners and play you at home, the matchup you don't want. And, you know, like maybe you don't want the Packers matchup either, but the Matt Stafford coming to town thing, I don't no, like it. No, Okay. And so, like, you played yourself in that situation or the refs played you in that situation. And on top of it, for, for the Eagles, like they're sitting there dog cussing the refs. They lose that game, and Dallas wins that game, and now Dallas has the NFC East and two home playoff games. So for the league, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it is good for the league that Dallas gets two home games. If you're talking about dollars and cents, and, you know, you know the playoffs are better for the league when the Cowboys are in it. And so, like, you could say at the end of the game that they blew that thing honest. But you well, are opening the door for people saying, why was it Dallas that, 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 that got the call here? Yeah. And, and, I, and I just want to say this about that call. You've got a brilliant two-point conversion call. You have a couple all week that you work on. And you're like, big situations, these are our plays. It's going to hit. They go motion the first play, call a timeout. You lose your first play, right? Then you go to your second play, which is that big trick play. Then you get backed up on the bad call, and you go again. And then you go again after you get bailed out on the penalty. That's where I have a problem. And Dan had balls the whole game. Like, the, the fake punt was ballsy. They didn't get anything out of it because they, you know, they get down the red zone. Tank Lawrence continues to be one of the most underrated guys in the league. He's created more negatives than any good rusher over the past 10, 15 years at edge, in my opinion. Like, he's, he is a negative machine. And them not being able to get points down there, um, <clears throat> you know, going for it on fourth, and then the next time laying up and kicking a field goal, I just don't know what the – you know, they kick that field goal, and then Dallas goes, goes down there. It was 10-10, and they take a 17-13 lead. Like, if you're willing to go for two – a lot of people say that's a situation where you're like on the road, you're playing a better team, you don't want to go to overtime. Just get it done. A lot of people look at situations like that and say, hey, well, you, you have confidence in your guys to make the plays. But I would have had confidence in my guys after that first situation to go to overtime and beat these guys. Because you showed enough during that game that you could beat these guys. And so that, that's where I have a problem with, with Dan. It's, it's going on fourth and three, then not going on fourth and three. 
And then late in the game, it's taking all these two-point conversions. And every time you take them, you're one less play in the in the book. And I know they're from different spots and that sort of thing. Now, let's talk about the call, Kyle, because you've been an offensive Before lineman. I talk about the call, this feels to me like for Dan Campbell and the Lions, like the double doink was for the Chicago Bears and Matt Nagy. Guys that we consider to be really good coaches, young coach of the year type candidates. I hope it isn't the case because I, can, I saw what happened there. But as, as it pertains to the, the game, the call, I mean, a couple of things we know. Jared Goff told Taylor Decker, and it's on video, go report. Taylor Decker, uh, and for people at home, report means a guy who's ineligible usually, a, a number in the 70s or the 60s uh, or the 50s. Or the 50s. Walks up to the guy with the white hat, and you make a, you almost make a mockery of the, the process. It's like, reporting! You've heard it happen in practice and games. But yeah. you don't have to say that. You don't it's, have to do it, it it's a mo- You have to do this You have thing. to make eye contact. It's kind of like, I am reporting. Like, you have to say reporting. You eye contact, words. But the, the white hat is not present for the con- He's on his way out. So what I saw from the ass end angle of Taylor Decker is his right elbow sticking out, which to me tells, tells me that he did report. Mm-hmm. And I know Skipper, uh, whether he reported or not, that's here nor there, but 68 did report. And I know Taylor. I trust him. I liked what he said after the game or what he didn't say after the game. But here, in this situation, you're robbing an offensive lineman from a dream play, a dream scenario. You're robbing a coach from being able to instill confidence and faith in himself with his team by going for it, having an answer, having it down pat, and they executed it. Um, And I know you have issue with going for it, but they almost had it again. They almost got him down there, the drop. I mean, it was close. Yeah, but again, when you make that decision. Somebody's lying. When you make that decision, Jared Goff's a little off with that ball. And those are the little throws that, you know, we don't talk about. But they already they're want not it. a deep shot you overthrow or that sort of thing. You have to know who your guy is. And do you trust Jared to make that throw in a situation where it's got to be right on target? And I just wouldn't have done it. I, I would have. I loved going for it. It was a it. shame yeah. that it was put in the hands here's, of here's, here's my thing with the. I just hate about, like, the NFL and the referees and the call. And then for the viewers, like, for we the have money this, line betters. We, no, we have this, we have this um, referee, the head of the referee, watching the game with us and chiming in and telling us that basically they got it wrong. And, and they can't the, fix it. What's the point of having the whole thing, hey, they're going to New York to help them speed the game up and they can get calls right? Like, why can't? When it's something that important, why can't they just figure that out? Why and can't the red the phone ring and say, "Hey, put them back"? You got out. it wrong. Hey, put put Dallas out there with 13 seconds to go. Like you, you got know, it that, wrong. That, that's like, what whatever. it should be. And and to to Dan they had Campbell, three to Kate, two pointers to come back and say that it wasn't like they kicked off right after. But to Kate for for Dan Campbell, just a little bit, I would say, yo, it's the end of the year. You don't want to have your guys out there for an extra quarter, an extra whatever. Like you don't There's want, that. like you know what I'm saying. You don't want someone to get hurt. And, I, got, I got no problem with doing that. I, I have go no for problem. 85. But after after the the first one doesn't work, after you get it's the mentality. You're, you're like, hey, you're we're then going on the for floor it because of the penalty. It's not the same as a two point yeah. conversion. Like the math does not support it. And so, you know, I I love Dan Campbell, and I love that he doesn't seem to have. He looks at every situation individually. He's not like a slave to the numbers. He's not a slave. He, he, he just, he, he, it's a feel thing and it's aggression and I love it. But sometimes 
he just gets himself into these problems. And I think that the way he crumpled up that paper at the press conference. <laughs> man, I, and, I'd hate to be that piece of paper. And he said today that he, he wrote the play down for the referees. He wrote it down before the game on paper and said this is what would happen. And that's the worst part about it. And, and it's the and, same crew that got the call wrong in the Kansas City game. And I don't think I don't think they and the Bears game they didn't call at the end of the half. This guy, the Lions are now zero and five or something when yeah, he calls against. He and he's yeah. been demoted from the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're out. They have it, like a good. minus two hundred yards. But demoting him from the playoffs yeah, is an admission anything. that that this went wrong. Yeah, what I know. And, that, and so that's it almost changes. Worse. It changes everything. It's almost worse. Like that's like like watching like as you as a fan and you're watching and you're hearing oh the head ref. Is telling us, hey, they got that wrong, and it's just like you—you're watching. You're like, yo, if he's saying that they clearly got this wrong, how is it allowed? Well, then they have executive power. He—I I heard he did, but that, that could have been a it's meme. Un, it's unprecedented, yeah. and I saw one of those aggregate, aggregate tweets as well. Yeah, but like, it would be something. But for Detroit, I, I feel like you got to come out of this game. <laughs> and this can't be the type of thing that wrecks your season because I've seen it before, where something goes wrong like this for a team, and bury the tapes. Don't show it. And and watching that meltdown on the sideline, watching Skipper, and I get it. Yeah. But that's the type of thing that can just like can kill the mood because it's yeah. And you know, you, and then and then if yeah. and when then if and when you guys lose down the line, like guys are gonna be like, well, if we didn't I'm get telling you, well, if we didn't get job in that game, we would have played here. Yeah. And we so did so this. so it's a tough deal, man. Um, but it is what it is, and the Eagles, um, had a chance to take advantage and they couldn't and. I, I think like Eagles got exactly what they wanted Saturday night. They got they got they they got um, they got Det Dallas to win because they knew they could leapfrog Detroit in that situ situation, and they could win out and still win the East. And they show up and and uh, you know like Eagles fans that have been waiting for this a long time. I'm not going to be able to tell you anything revelatory. I I think the number one problem with this defense is is personnel. And I don't think that's changing. And a number of those plays, whether it's them not being able to s sort out a two-man concept, uh, them them you know DB getting shook uh, by Michael Carter in, in 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 out in the out in the field, like a bunch of little issues. Ringo at the goal line, totally flat-footed, giving up inside release on fourth and four. These are not just things that. They, they happen to other teams, right? Like you watch around the league. Any of those things happen on a weekly basis, but they happen so spectacularly bad with the Eagles. Like Ringo didn't have a shot. He was totally flat-footed. Michael Carter shook uh, Ricks. Ricks so badly. It was like it wasn't even the two-man game. A guy almost broke an ankle. You know, like there, there's just so many situations on the back end. That toss to Connor in the second half, the angles are so bad. The run support's so bad. And, you know, this defensive front, I feel bad for them because they're actually a strength on most teams. You can unlock 100%. that strength. You can they're not who they were last year. And we but said that coming in. they're not coupled with, what, like you're saying, they're not coupled with anything on the it's, back end. It's the compounding effect of, you know, the back end being shit and not being able to stop the run with a light box anymore because the backers are so bad. And you get... You get Avante Maddox back, you know, and usually with Howie Roseman, when he sends somebody to the rescue, you're like, oh, it works out. Like, he, that lifeline worked. But Robert Quinn last year didn't work. And I was behind the Robert Quinn thing. It didn't work. But it wasn't a necessity. This year, to stop the bleeding, the Shaq Leonard thing had to work out. It's not going to work out. The, 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 um, the, the Maddox thing coming back, the Bayard thing, Maddox, you know, uh, Gore, Dorch yeah. is the guy's name. He got beat by a guy named Dorch. 
who's actually a pretty good player. I'm not, it's just a funny name. Yeah. But like, you know, you think he's coming to the rescue, it's going to save the day, but like some of the biggest plays that you gave up were the guy that you were waiting to come back on. And, and, and the same thing with Bayard, the, you sign him, the coverage hadn't been great. Shaq Leonard doesn't look like he magically got faster or younger looking. And so the personnel issues on defense are going to be the reason you lose in the playoffs. You know, like, hey, Eagles could make a run. I know I said last week after the Seattle game, the world's not ending. You know, you're 10 and 4 or whatever it is. You, most years, if you have a chance to win the division at the end of the year, you're pretty excited. I think 2017 made things a little bit tougher for the Eagles, right? Because, right? you know, the bar's been raised. But now it's you have joined the pack. Like, you are just, you're part of the pack. And are you a good team? I don't know. Um, can you win playoff games? I, yeah, you can. Um, people want to put it on the offense at times and the whole thing, but there was a, a stretch of this game where Arizona had the ball for the, you know, the entire first half, basically, and into the second half where they came out and just did what they wanted and ran the ball. So even when they were down, I worried because they were getting exactly what they wanted offensively. You had that pick six, which was basically a gift. It was a great run back, but it was a gift. And you know the worst part about that was they had just got done with a long drive ahead of that, and then you got to go back out and play defense, and the defense can't get off the field. So the Eagles' offense, they were scoring too quick. You know, like the, the, the defense barely had any time can't control the, on the bench. The game. And so part of that is – Run some half court. Run the ball. Run you know, like, like even if the other stuff is working in a game like this and you know you can, you can take it from this team, you can just take their food – Take their food. It might take a little longer, but take their food and give your weakness a chance to catch their breath. But instead, I think Jalen Hurts ran the ball uh, in the third quarter on a design run. It's their ninth run of the game. And so, like, this is something that keeps popping up for them. And another thing that popped up for them is trying to ice the game where they kick a field goal and not score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. They get a holding penalty on Jordan Mailata. And they've had this stuff with Kelsey before the field goal against uh, the Bills, and there's a number of drives throughout the year where even their strength is hurting them a little bit up front in these situations where you got to close it out. So I can't point to one thing. You know, the offensive scheme has, has devolved from last year. We've called it an imitation of last year. The defensive scheme is totally different. The players, have, the personnel has changed completely, and most Super Bowl teams don't have to replace two coordinators. You know, like watch teams that have to replace a coordinator out off a Super Bowl run. Usually, they're still in it, maybe Kansas because City. because the other side of the ball is still intact. Kansas City. But when you lose two sides of the ball, basically yeah. from a mindset and a game planning standpoint, it's going to be hard. It's and like the so, Chiefs without Spags. <clears throat> yeah. Eb. It'd be like if Spags left the Chiefs after the Super Bowl, and Eric Bieniemy left after yes. the Super Bowl. Like that's how you'd be talking about the Chiefs the same way, and they are in in a lot of circles because these teams seem similar. <laughs> what <laughs> but if, what if Dom was secretly giving out plays on the sideline, and Dom not being there? Like ever since Dom hasn't been there, they've been really struggling. So maybe when he get, when he gets back, he's gonna get back for the playoffs, right? Yeah. Right, playoffs or oh, you playoffs? Playoff. Okay, but but the bottom Ooh. line, if we're talking about things that like things that really suck for this team right now, it's the personnel on defense. There's just no way around it. And, you know, like, when you lose in the playoffs, if you lose in the playoffs, we will be saying it's because so, of the defense. Well, so, like, 
what would they have There's to nothing. do to patch up right now at this point we've, in the season? We've thought through all the scenarios. Time here. machine. But I'm saying, so you as a coach, like, what are you doing differently in practice, or what are you doing to maybe get your guys up, or whatever? I would say try different guys, but they got guys off the street right now. You know, like, yeah. there's just no, there's, you can't dip into the bag any deeper. It's like when you're looking for something in your backpack and you've checked every pocket. <laughs> there's no, it's, oh, it's just Ringo. Oh, it's just Rick. Same thing again. You just, so that I, I don't think there's an escape defensively. And, Going into the playoffs is all going to be about matchups. Like, if you go down and play the Bucks, like, that's no sure thing. Um, but you can win that game. You go to Dallas. Like, I think you can – I think you can – I still think you can beat the Cowboys, man, but you got to score, and that yeah. puts a lot of pressure on your offense. I don't know if you can beat the Niners. No. You know, and, and a team like the Rams, they're dangerous because of what you got going on the back end. Uh, the Packers, they're dangerous to you. So every team can beat you. The Rams' you. strength don't couple with the Eagles' business as well for the Eagles. A any, a every team in the dance can beat you, so you've joined the pack. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like people people want me to say something about the Eagles that might give them some hope. Here's the hope. You're in the playoffs. You can you, you can make a run. Uh, you know, we, we made a run with a backup quarterback a couple years ago, but that team was much better. And that team also, I can remember a time when – you know, Kyler Murray having the ball at the end of the game, and they should have let Dort score um, because mm. he was going to score, right? Yeah. Instead, you end up having to chase a touchdown with 30 seconds to go. Um, I remember a time when it was when teams didn't want to be in the Cardinals' position at the link trying to close out a game. I remember that. I remember it in 2017. I remember it. You didn't want to be – I was on the other side of it. Yeah, you didn't want to be running a two-minute drill at the end of the game against our group. And you didn't want to be running a two-minute drill against that team last year. But the things that you've done from a personnel standpoint and just the way the cookies crumble with the injuries and the scheme, now if you're Arizona, you're, you're feeling like Philly felt last year on defense in those two-minute situations. Like we are playing a team that is food right now. And when you look at the defense of the Eagles, they're, they're a bottom five defense right now. Like, I would challenge you to find a defense that's performed worse than this defense over the last month of the season. <coughs> EPA per play, they're down there. They're, they're in the bottom three. 30th. Over the last what, Nolan? Since week 12. Since week 12, Sheesh. they're 30th in EPA per play on defense. So teams making runs with defenses like that, a lot of people like look over here at the Jalen Hurts thing. That's a shiny object. Jalen Hurts is good enough to be your quarterback. Jalen Hurts is good enough to be your quarterback for the next five years. If you end up look, looking somewhere else for a quarterback, you know, I don't think you can repeat the Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts thing. And I don't think you should. I think it's, it's about the defense. And you can fix it next offseason, but there's nobody walking through that door. Something you realize in the NFL after a certain point is like, we're kind of – they locked the door. Yeah. It's just us. Makes me very happy to be a Bears fan because you watch that game and you watch the Bears defense and you're like, we got dudes. We got dudes all over the place. Dudes. Different types of dudes. And also, Jonathan Gannon, somebody just put this in the chat. I, I can't talk about this without talking about Jonathan Gannon. We came into the game and said, Jonathan Gannon, number one, has done a great job despite the memes, despite the shots, the verticals, the – you know, like his mannerisms. You know, he's an easy target and people – People got after him, just like they got after Sirianni, just like they got after Dan Campbell. By the way, Antonio Pierce talking about 
uh, choking somebody until they, they go to sleep or whatever he said a week ago, I got no problem with it, just like I had no problem with the Dan Campbell knee thing. So g go back and look at your timeline when Dan Campbell said he was biting kneecaps. Yikes. If I don't want to name names. I don't want to name names, but some people made that a big deal. Me? No, no, no. No, I didn't. No, no, no. What about the I was quite the opposite. But I'm saying we're not naming names. <laughs> what about what about the Bills coach and the Al Qaeda thing? Ah, uh, it's a little <laughs> far. He wore a red, white, four, and blue shirt. Four, last they're week. four four and zero since that speech. But like I said though, oh here we go. If you're whether you're yeah, a nine eleven truther like Rogers or you're McDermott, you know, yeah, win one yeah. for for Osama. Like either one, you have a chance at redemption because Rogers ran through. All it took was Rogers running through on 9/11 with the flag, and everybody yep. forgot about it. McDermott just needs to do that next year. Was that 9/11? Yes. Yes. God. Uh, so, so here's the deal, man. Like the Eagles, if they want to get in, uh, they're going to get in. But if they want to win games, the defense, the bleeding's got to stop. And Matt Patricia, who I think is a good coordinator, has got to pull some shit out of his ass. AJ Brown not talking to the media, <clears throat> big deal, not a big deal. It's a big deal. It feels it feels like things are. I mean, like we've all had those days. I understand. I'm not attacking AJ Brown, but it's it's a canary in the coal mine. It's like things are bad canary. right now. Yeah, yeah. So, and but to finish what I was going to say, Jonathan Gannon. Coming in this game, you knew he'd know Jalen, right? Because he's practiced against him the whole thing. You knew the their D coordinator, uh, Rallis, was was there. He knows he knows this offense. But what I think you you underestimate is how well he knows the defense and the personnel, and what gives the personnel problems. And he and and the Cardinals gave them problems all day. And Kyler Murray ball barely touched the ground in the second half. Okay, James Conner might have had his best day this year as a Cardinal. <clears throat> Michael Carter had his best day as a Cardinal. And who's it happening to? All these things, it's the Eagles. Kyler Murray throw. <gasps> yeah, <gasps> yeah. Gamer. He's a gamer, dude. I, bend his arm. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he's playing well because he gives them a lot of excitement next year. Because when you see this offense that the Cardinals have put out on the field the second half of the season, they're a real NFL. That's why offense. they're on my future America's team yeah. list. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, bye, bye. bye. Off of that, you have uh, you, you were in the NFC, Detroit and Dallas. We talked about that. We talked about the Eagles. All they had to do was win. We talked about Chicago. We think the decision is the coordinator. Let's talk about Chicago and who they beat this week, and that's Atlanta. And I just think when you when you look at that, the Falcons absolutely blew a golden opportunity to still be playing for everything this week. <laughs> and the Falcons had to go to Chicago in the snow and win. And what a scene. Again, like Kyle, you would think the Bears were playing for the playoffs. The vibe in that stadium, that tells you all you need to know. They weren't playing for the playoffs. They were playing for beyond. They were playing for their future and who was going to be in that locker room. And they know. And that's dangerous. And they know when they, they rally behind their quarterback, great things happen. And I tweeted yesterday, it's great to see the city of Chicago get behind the quarterback position like this. I've never seen this kind of support. Um, but great, I've never seen anything like Justin Fields in Chicago. Um, I mean, the, the the crowd chanting, we want fields. It's awesome. So that's an inspired group of people. And, and, and for the for the Falcons, you're supposed to be inspired. You get your back against the wall, which is, again, like, like it's a reason that I think what the Bears are doing should be taken seriously. And to win a game like this, to lose a game like this for the Falcons, their, their entire season, they ran out of time. They, 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 they fucked around too much. They, they waited to make the move to Heineke, and I think that cost them. I mean, Ritter's turnovers, a couple games that you could have, you don't have them now, and you have to win that game, and you can't. And maybe they weren't going to be that good you know, this year. Maybe we kind of look at Drake London and Pitts and Bijan and you know, some of the pieces and the defensive additions, and you're like, oh, maybe it was a lot of smoke and mirrors, no matter who was playing quarterback. But I do know this. 
their lifeline, their Arthur Smith's lifeline seemed to be Chicago. And it seemed to be Justin Fields. And that lifeline dries up the same week, it feels like, that you get knocked out of the playoffs. And so I don't know what the future looks like in Atlanta, but they had a chance. And with the Bucks and the Saints playing and the Bucks having a chance to take care of business, they blew their opportunity. And the Saints now still have a chance. They play. Um, they play the Falcons. They play the Falcons this week, and there is a chance for both those teams. Yeah. Albeit, they just need the Bucks to lose to Carolina, which doesn't seem too likely. No, it doesn't seem too likely. But but you know, Baker looked human yesterday, and you know, Carolina doesn't have to lose. They can play the spoiler. That's a dangerous spot for a lot of teams. Like the the pure joy of knocking somebody oh. out of the playoffs is awesome. And so you know, like I've never done it, but oh, oh there's going to be a lot on the line this week. And I, I love this time of year. I can remember my second year in Philly when we went four and six and then we had to make a run and things had to fall right for us the last game. And one of my favorite memories was going into the locker room after the game, having beaten Washington and then watching TV in that tiny little coach's office. Mm -hmm. It was me, Dom, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, Kelsey, Fletch, and maybe Nick Foles. Like there was just all the old guys were in there and we're watching, I think Minnesota um, and the Vikings and I think, and uh, the Bears of the Vikings and we needed something to go for us and it happened on that little TV in the bowels of and truly the bowels of uh, FedEx Field because the whole place is just a big shitter and we're in we're in that tiny office and it was just being together in that moment and not knowing what's going to happen and having to root for something else those are the special moments and we got in the playoffs and you know double doink happened and we almost made a run uh, you know, New Orleans beat us, but the whole point is a lot's going to be decided this week, and some teams might get, get left out who could make a run, and some teams are going to get you're going to slide in and make a run. And so, I love this time of year. I love the, the idea of and we're going to talk about incentives later in the, in the week, like guys have incentives. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there, there's draft stuff on the line. You know, you've seen the Lovey Smith situation where he's supposed to be tanking, he's defiant, and actually gives them the biggest gift that they could get, right in C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson and all this stuff. And so I just cannot wait for this weekend, even if a lot of these games seem like, ah, who cares? There's something to care about in all of them. Um, Packers-Vikings last night. Matt, and uh, mm. and I, I, the Packers, they, they look like they believe right now. Yeah. you know. And, and for Minnesota, I got to say, O'Connell, who I think is an ace of a coach, like you, you, you covet that guy. Like having him in the building. Look what he's been able to do with all these different quarterbacks. But he hadn't done it with Jaron Hall yet. And to make that decision, okay. And maybe the turnovers with Nick Mullins was what he had on his mind. And maybe it was Josh Jobs and something we don't know about the reason that his play declined. Maybe it was the Vegas game that just scared him off. But the bottom line is picking Jaron Hall to be the guy with the playoffs on the line seemed a little curious to me. And I'm not saying for sure that they did some calculations and were like, hey, we don't want to be at nine wins. We want to be at seven wins because maybe they have something up their sleeve or there's a guy that they're going to be targeting in that range. But it didn't feel like an honest try. Like To me, it felt like the Vikings rolled the guy out there that would look like he was trying, but they, they gave up that big lead and they put Mullins back in and they can still look like they're trying and they're calling timeouts at the end of the game down 33-10. I don't know if that was their honest shot. And, uh, and for the Packers, good for them because they took care of business and Jordan Love looked really good. 
He missed a couple big throws. They, they, it could have been 45 to 10. Like, that was an impressive deal mm-hmm. going on the road with your playoff life on the line and, and winning like that. And obviously, Chris Collison glazing him Collinsworth. last night. Who was? Chris, Collins. Chris Collinsworth. Collinsworth. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Collinsworth. Collinsworth. What did he say? Because I had the, the, the sound off. He, loved, he, he, he was just like, just. And I'll tell you what, you look player. at the old pictures here, and there's old Brett Favre. He's got no feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And there's our guy, Jordan Love. Uh-huh. Some 20 years later. You like that, Chris? Oh, Tariqa. Tariqo's so. like, oh, yeah? Similar? Does it look familiar to you? Look familiar to you, Chris? Uh, we're up here. We're up here in our tuxedos, uh, and they're they're giving Aaron Jones and Jordan Love champagne after the game on the field. Like, it's just sparkling. It's a weird time of year, and uh, and I think fight I, after the game. There was a little fight after. Yeah, the game. a little yeah. scuffle. Aaron Jones looks like Aaron Jones. Taking That's a big positive for them. But they did this without Christian Watson. Reed left the game at some point. Like. They're not doing this with a bunch of all-stars outside. I don't think Wicks played. No, they're growing Wicks together. Didn't play. So he did this with down multiple guys. If you're the Packers, not just this year, but like you're excited about the future. Yeah, for sure. And for Jordan sure. loves a dude. And, you know, this just means one thing for football. The Bears-Packers rivalry is back. It's back. Ooh. And there's going to be two really good quarterbacks playing in that game. And they, um, play, they play next week. Like, the Bears are going to want to keep them out of the playoffs. This is what it's all about, dude. Mercedes-Lewis Bowl. Um, let's, all right, so, let's hear so a couple messages before we yeah. get to the moment. Yeah, and hey, I just want to say this: we're gonna talk. We're talking about um, the one game we haven't broke down this week is Chargers. <laughs> I didn't know and that was the, that Broncos. I, nobody knew it happened except for me because I kept hitting the live under. Just every what chance, the of every fuck is wrong with you. <laughs> well, Kyle, what's right with me is I walked away with a you know a sectional off that you know like it's a unit, a couple units. Off of just knowing that these guys are not going to score 35 points. So oh, you want to make a sectional is not your unit. A section, section. a sectional is a unit. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But you section. got a whole section. I got a whole sectional off that. Like, or at least a chase lounge. And it was a good, <laughs> it was a good day at the office betting live under. Same thing with Cincinnati and Kansas City. And that was miraculous. Uh, but the whole thing is Broncos are in the news this week because of Russell Wilson. And we've talked about this, like, I, I, this is bone. this is the, the the this is the point where I ask myself what's wrong with me because I'd have to act like I was up in arms to like I'd have to be manufacturing outrage to be mad about the yes. Russell Wilson situation and I Nate and I were on different sides of this well he's he's tilting his glasses Nate and I were on different sides of this but I didn't hear Nate talking about Jimmy G or Derek Carr or any of these guys that got benched over the last couple of years for contract reasons so. My question would be, what's different? What What's different? And if you're going to say to me, well, Russell's playing better, that's fine. Then they benched him, protected their, their, their finances, and still won a game. If you're telling me they're still in the hunt, they won a game. I, I don't know what some people are so upset about here. And a lot of the people that are so upset about Russell Wilson have been making fun of him for two years. It's hilarious to me. It's peak... 2024 now media. Wow. No, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that, that there's people flip-flopping, but me, like... Yeah, and that's fair. I, I, I honestly, like, for whatever's going on, I just hate that right now, Russell is even in the question of being, like, the bad guy, where he's, he's not. Just, and and, and that's, that's what I don't like, is just no. that people Who's made him the bad no. guy? I think people are, like, looking, like, looking, oh, why, like, 
why wouldn't he take that deal? Like he should take that oh, deal. No, no. Be no, a team the, player. The, the, the and it's like people like Sean no. Payton. It's, it's Sean no, Payton. I, no, I, I I agree. I yeah. agree with that too. I don't like even though it was a joke, the the kissing babies and this and that, and it's kind of like making fun of his character. And it's just like, bro, like Coaching. come in, come in and treat me like a football player. Rate me as a football player. I had his own his own office and like got guys. <laughs> you want to talk about for the most of his career, he has not been one of the guys. So like now Here, you're listen saying to treat any me of the like guys one of the guys. I'll talk about him. They couldn't get in contact with him. They had to contact him through a liaison. So I, I got maybe, and maybe they should do that again because they were winning. I got right? no. I got no, no problem. The best defense in the league. <laughs> I have. They had a, they had a nick. But that is an in interesting one. You know, why not? Russell like, could be somewhere else. Maybe maybe put him somewhere else so it's not distracting. Everyone <laughs> seems to have a problem with all his but whatever. I don't. So you're talking to a guy that doesn't have a problem with Russell and doesn't have a problem with what the Seahawks or what the the Broncos did. Because matter of fact, we there, like Russell. Wilson. There is a cap, and here's what's crazy to me: everybody making fun of the Broncos about making a bad decision, a football decision, for the last two years with with Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. Now they're actually trying to take matters into their own hands. The people that didn't even make that decision and say, "Hey, well, we're not going to fuck ourselves even worse if this guy breaks his leg. Yeah. We're going to owe him the 2025 salary." Everybody's going to look at them in that situation like, "What a dumpster fire of a, an organization for not only making that deal." But then for getting him hurt and owing him all that money and setting yourself back for two – so for me, like, somebody's got to explain to me, and I understand there's people in the chat that say, uh, you know, Russ, I, I feel bad for Russ. They did him dirty, the whole thing. Where were you last year? Where were you with Jimmy G? Where were you with Derek Carr? And you can tell me it's a different situation, but I would tell you nothing's changed for the Broncos this week. Same they, backup they, benefited from both situations. They beat the, the they beat the Chargers. Same backup benefited in yeah. both cases, which was wild. They they beat the Chargers, okay? And I don't know who they're going to play next week or what their playoff odds are, but some people are freaking out like this is it's nothing. So what you know, what do you want that team to do? Somebody's just got to tell me. Somebody I'm open to having it explained to me. Why I should be mad, but I, I'm not getting there. I haven't been able to get there. So like, that's that's my two cents about the. Uh, that was good. That is my two cents about it. it, it I don't want to be unfair to Russ. It would be different if this was a guy on his rookie deal or something that I'll hasn't been paid. This guy's one of the highest let, paid employees in in Colorado. You think I care? Let me let me ask you this. Yeah. If Russ doesn't stay there, where's the, <laughs> where, where's the best fit? Uh, Minnesota's the the leading. Um, if you, there, I saw some Russ odds for next year. Minnesota was was. Where's New England? Shortest odds. They're New England. There. They're up there. They're like number two. Um, one thing I'll say about the Russell thing: people always talk about inauthenticity, like he's not he's not authentic. Right. Well, we saw obviously in that interview, and credit to him for not bringing this up. It's obviously been a thing for a while now, yeah. right, Chris? Yeah. Goes back to that Chiefs game. Yeah. Um, Russell hasn't spoken about it. Yeah, amazing. He was asked about it, and he spoke about it, and he handled it. Handled it with class. It was yeah. an authentic conversation with an athlete who was going through something that's tough. But at the end of the day, it's a business. Oh God, listen to this. Not the same situation. Russ is a Super Bowl QB. He shouldn't get. He should get respect. Carr hasn't done squat. Russ is not a Super Bowl QB right now. That guy's a Dolphins fan. That guy's a Dolphins fan. Okay. <laughs> He's a Dolphins fan. No, nothing against you, dude. I mean, like, I, I, I totally respect the other point of view, but you can't just say Russ is a Super Bowl. When but you, we, can't, you can't, when you are can't we erase it. But hold on. You can't when, erase it. But, you can't erase it either. He no, but, but it's, a, it's irrelevant. It, when is it relevant 
It's not relevant. Guys get cut that had great careers all the time. Guys get moved on from that did something 10 years ago all the time. Yeah, it's not once a You're Super, not, Bowl, uh, Super Bowl QB, always a Super Bowl. You don't have diplomatic immunity yeah, like Shohei's actually, yeah. translator. No, it's not like being a sex predator, dude. It's not like it's it does, to you It's not like it follows life. you around in a positive way. I don't yeah. know where he's going. but yeah. No, I'm saying <laughs> if you win a Super Bowl in your rookie year, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be that caliber of player in year 10. Now, Russell was an awesome player early, it's but it's still on your He also though. benefited from having one of it's, the best coaches ever and one of the best defenses ever. But uh, we're not even here to go back and, 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 and contextualize his legacy. It's, it should be totally irrelevant. Yeah. He, he's not a Super Bowl quarterback right now. No. But it's not his fault that they gave him that. They, they agreed to this contract. But it ain't the, Sean the Payton's fault. I, I, I hear that. That's the organization. It, it's just the organization so and the head coach. Call the Walmart family thugs. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think right the use of that word. That's who owns them. I just, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to go into the use of that word because I don't care. Me and RC Walmart, they're the so NFL. thugging, they're going to start throwing up. Okay, yeah. okay. So when I talk to when I talk to Ryan Clark this week, I'll probably be like, "Yo, that was wild," you know. But like, I don't care. You know, yeah, like I, yeah. I know that that was to make a point. It's TV. It's irrelevant. That word is irrelevant. The the Russ winning a Super Bowl ten years ago is irrelevant. What's relevant right now is we've been making fun of this organization for two years. We've been making fun of Russ for two years, and now all of a sudden we're going to take Russ's side, and and the organization could make it even worse for themselves. But they're deciding not to do it. It's not like they took all his money. You know, it's just uh, hey man. No, he can't. And that's the point. No, that's why I love it's it. fair. I love it. Right. And somebody said, I think it's less about Russ and more about Peyton handling a QB that he clearly didn't want. Mike McDaniels doesn't want Tua, but you see how he publicly supports him. That second part, Ooh. I don't know about that. No, yeah, McDaniels that's... has not said anything to say he doesn't want Tua. And by the way, if he did, I'd be like, see, I told you. But you can't take that away from me and then use it against me here in this argument. There's no way. <laughs> And you, I don't. What he yelled at Russ? Fuck out of here, dude! Please, bro. You ever seen? Yeah, like they they weren't saying this about Eb last year when he was yelling at Patrick. But this is a good point, they Sean Payton. This is a good point, though. The the Dolphin not like that. We'll close. We'll close it. Not like that. What? Who? At Eb. They not, were saying no, that like nobody was, said that about Eb. Not no. Players not like were, no, but nobody. Players said were that saying about he was too not, hard. That wouldn't. Have, that but, wouldn't. And be then the mad other players came back in Cape for him. Was just like, no, he's a good coach. But players aren't saying anything. About about Sean Payton. No, I I, I hear you. The, 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 the comparable reaction that we could go off of is the media. The media yeah. said, and I, the, I'm not even going back to EB. The point to me is like coaches yell at players. Period. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but you know, the, the Dolphins fan, and I want to close this out, said Sean Payton and his ego and Russ were never going to work. Um, <clears throat> he said Mike McDaniel's history and we're going to get Jim Harbaugh. Bro, you don't let Mike McDaniel go. You know how I feel about the quarterback. He but said Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel is his. But the point is, Sean Payton and his his ego and Russ's ego were never going to work. He's on bad and, and that to me is more of a. I can get behind that. You you want to tell me Sean Payton's got an ego? Yeah, dude. But do you believe that's right then? Like, if if my ego doesn't get along with your ego and we're at a work setting, like, don't we have to work it out? Like, if Russ Russ threw for four thousand yards and the ego got in the way and they were going to the playoffs, then be a different conversation. But Russ is not the reason that they were in the playoff race this year. There's a tolerance level. There's a tolerance scale. And Chris, you could probably speak to this. You've had really, really talented teammates before. 
and there's a scale whether they're like sane or insane. Yes. And you know, it's the crazy hot thing. So it's, it's the, the crazy, the hot, crazy yeah. hot thing that you've seen guys set up on Instagram. Now you've we've all heard Lawrence Taylor stories about how he was in the building or he was crazy, but, but he was when, when the he, fucking game started. When he put on his going out dress, he took oh he there was nothing like over. LT when Antonio Brown was worth my goodness Whew. like what, what what tampa did with <laughs> him that super bowl year and you know Vince like McMahon. you can live in my house <laughs> like you're a fucking psycho you can live at my house because i want to win a super bowl <laughs> and and you know when those guys stop being good or as good as they were and i'm not comparing ab or any of those guys to russ but in a different way if we're yeah, talking yeah. about egos and the whole if thing if you have yeah. a brain you get it you get what I'm saying. All right, but but I respect your opinion. I respect your opinion if you disagree, but you can't win the argument because there's there's precedent for this and you were not making noise about Derek Carr or Jimmy G or any other players that this happened to in the past or position players, man, that this happens to all the time. All the time. Okay. Um so anyways, let's talk about the mentions, but first messages. I got I got I got a message from our sponsors. You shouldn't have to worry about when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's the game. It's the place to find last minute tickets seats. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find a ticket in the same section of row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code GREENLIGHT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code G-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, before, by the way, with game time, my son doesn't listen to this pod, but the 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 Wizards play the the Warriors. He loves Stephen Curry. Okay, so this is in like February. I'm trying to get really good seats Ooh. for that game. Looking at game time, he's gonna freak out. If we yeah. can just get him to to be close enough where he, Steph Curry can hear him cheering for him, oh. I think that would make his year. Is um, are are we gonna get Steph Curry's shoes to replace the last pair of shoes he had? Yes, that would be great. That would hey, be great. Chris, um, whenever you're looking forward to this football season, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment. It's a nice cold Miller Lite. Whether you're at the stadium playing fantasy football, watching the game at home, or the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. <laughs> Kick off till the clock runs out. You can't go wrong with a Miller Lite in your hand. Even in overtime, grab a cold one. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like, well, beer? It's got only 96 calories, 3.2 carbs for 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you'll feel it in your heart. And I would say this to R.C., my dog, <laughs> R.C., <laughs> Greg Williams is good friends with both of us. If Sean Payton's a thug. What is Greg Williams? <laughs> Guilty by association. Is it, was it Bone Thugs and Harmony down Ladies there? Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Ryan Clark, you're now under yeah. arrest. Yeah. Associating with thugs. Yeah. I mean, so I guess my point is like Sean Payton ego, the whole thing, but I. I'm just, I'm not going to get as excited about this. Okay, so we got mentions, uh, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, best flight, what you guys got? Green Bay Packers, very quick. Oh, really quick. Just got to get over the lakes. I've got, um, I've got the Browns. Short flight home, you get to spend New Year's Eve. 
in the mistake by the lake, as some people call it. It's a great town. I think it's a great town. They got the Rock and Roll it really Hall of is. Fame. Shout out to my buddy Ezra in other, Cleveland. They got other things. He knows who he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, best flight. I mean, it's got to be good. Rams had a good flight, too. I mean, just to escape that situation and know, hey, we're going. Depends on what the winds were. Yeah, it's true. Headwinds. Worst flight, Florida State. Oh, well, only grace. technically only half the team was on that flight, as Danny Cannell pointed out. So mm. half the guys didn't have to take that flight. <laughs> I work with Danny Cannell. Danny, I, I like Danny. Me and Danny have gotten into it before, but walking through that entire rental house was just absurd, dude. I mean, he started upstairs, walked out, down, showed the big screen TV, and then finished the video on top of a mountain. It's a gorgeous house, <laughs> but that doesn't win you the argument. So... Uh, did you do a worse flight? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, worse flights can be Detroit. Okay. There could not be a worse flight than that yeah. flight home. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's awful. Late at night. You're right. Dallas is further than you think. It's like way down there. Everyone hitting you up. Detroit's you, further than you think. Everyone texting you saying you guys got jobs. Oh. Like, they showed it on the TV. You can see him reporting. People afraid to ask Dan if he wants peanuts. <laughs> like, you know, it's just... <laughs> Be Bevel Conway, the Rose Bowl, Michigan, Alabama. It's vitamin D overload. It's the granddaddy of them all. And you know what? I just I think it's the coolest setting for a football game in the world. It is, dude. They should do the Super Bowl there, but they don't have enough luxury boxes. They should build a shell around that stadium. Like they did the Soldier it, Field. To, no, but bigger? like temporarily for the Super Bowl. Like just put some big like uh, elevators outside the stadium where if you go into the luxury box you just pop up there and there's like you know construction scaffolding whatever you got to do that fucking stadium should host the super bowl at some point and yep. it never will uh bevel conway for me was thursday night football the the combination when the browns look good they look good man that orange and brown and, yeah. and the, the the numerical little hokey-ish I mean, yeah, but I, I think the Hokies, actually, the colors aren't as bad as people think. It's just the Browns have superior unis. Yeah, the uni. And the Jets, on that field, a grass field, it looked thick with two Cs, that grass. That fescue looked thick, but it didn't slow anybody down. People were, people were playing offense out there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you my anti-Bevel Conway. It's David Tepper Tantrum. The, the David <laughs> Tepper Tantrum was unbelievable. <laughs> can't, can't, Kyle? Big bees for big baby. You know, sometimes rich people aren't that bad. I think sometimes rich people get a bad rap because they actually are decent people. They just have a target on their back. And then some rich people like David Tepper just ruin it for all the rich people because they act like a caricature of a rich person. Like, this is the most dismissive, disrespectful thing. And there was a Duval County resident who really might have spared Mr. Tepper his life because there was a guy in a Jags jersey right in front of the box. He almost climbed up in the box. There was a guy oh. trying to cl climb up in the box. If I'm that guy, I, if I'm that guy, I sue. I don't know what I'm suing what? for, but I sue. So much money. That's going to cost him so much. Did you see damages. the owners oh, or the drink? I saw, I saw Just it. damages, bro. And yeah. the, fact, the fact that he did it in front of people on just tells you how how – Pissy How fucking entitled this yeah, guy I is. I saw what happened. And when you, and when you, you saw it. I just named and it. And he named it. And the, the, thing, the thing is, it's a direct reflection of how your football team looks. This guy doesn't know anything about football. <laughs> and, that's, and that's his message to fans. 
when Jimmy Johnson got up there Saturday night, he understood something. And I know that he, it's a lot different. David Tepper just lost the Jags and his team's a joke. But Jimmy Johnson got up there and he said, and thank you to all the fans that hated the Cowboys. And you guys are what makes this thing go go around. It was that moment of like, here's an olive branch, a wink and a nod to people that might have hated me. This team still do. But th this thing we put on out here is is the best thing in sports. It's this league is like nothing else. And David Tepper needs to remember that when he treats fans that way because the fans are what makes this game mm. go around. <laughs> and, you know, I've gotten into it with fans before. Usually they had it coming or something. But generally, to treat fans like this is just embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it's just embarrassing, and it's a direct <laughs> reflection of who they are as an organization. And I have zero faith that if you're a coach and there's two options – Ben Johnson escaped the Titanic last year, not signing there as their head coach. I'm not coaching there. Like, yeah. good luck. You well, got to find somebody else. So I had asked on Twitter, like, quickly, what would make you mad enough to throw a drink on somebody? Oh, plenty of things. <laughs> but it's not going to be my football team losing and hearing a chirp from the stands. Like, chirp. you know, just you can't take a chirp. I mean, I'd spill a drink on somebody that did something to me interpersonally. But, the, I mean, not from a – I mean, everything from the vantage point to, like, the throwing the drink down, it was like a metaphor for class. I got a quick anti -bevel. It was just – it was fucked up. Anti-Bevel um, Conway. So, Sugar Bowl Media Day. We have <laughs> we have QB one Quinn oh, yeah. sitting up at the podium <laughs> oh, yeah. with absolutely no one around him, and the entire media around the young Manning boy. Who realistically, if the game goes the way it's Arch. supposed to, he's not even going to see the field. He's not even going to play. So like, what are we like? What are we doing? Like for media, like one of the biggest games of the like year. Like, what are we doing? And what are we like? What are we projecting for the future? That obviously, whatever's going to get clicks more is the more important. You're Mister Marketing, Quinn. Like, well, he's Mister Marketing. I am. He loves marketing. But I don't see the marketing like. Behind I hyping it. up the backup quarterback, I see it because guys making more nil money than I'm making sitting here doing this podcast. We're earning a hard living here, and this guy's just sitting there at the fucking side table. I mean, there's there's a buzz about the guy. Is all I'm saying. I get it, but it's I don't. Je ne sais quoi. This is je ne sais quoi, Kyle. Doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It looks <laughs> it, it more than anything. It just looks like the day and age that we live in. Okay, yeah. I got Hollow Man, okay. Father Time. Going after Joe Flacco. He just hasn't caught him. He hasn't caught him. Yeah, fucking joke's <laughs> on you, Father Time. It ain't happening. You know, I see a little gray in the beard, but he's... Joe he Flacco's looks, dad looks younger than Joe Flacco. He's got good good genes. Scary. Um, so I'm going to go Hollow Man, um, Tyrod Taylor. Really? I mean, I, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, just his career arc. He's pretty good. Like, he, 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 he's been a good option for teams, and I like him as a guy. But, like... Down to the bad luck he had with the Chargers and that and that needle, and then, you know, like earlier this season, one of the biggest spots for the for the Giants was against the Bills at the goal line, and he makes that major snafu, where he checks a play to a run, and they they end up running out of time. I think forgot it was. about that one. And and then last night, yesterday, he has a chance to get that two point conversion, whether you throw it or run it, like just don't do that. And so to drive them down to possibly win that game at the end of the game, miss a field goal, I just feel bad for Tyrod Taylor, hollow man.
Solid dude, though. <clears throat> Good dude. Fly on the wall. Uh, Roger Goodell, as it pertains to the Lions-Cowboys situation, when it was happening, where was he the next day? What is, what's the correspondence with people around the league? You know, power players, yep. the whales, so to mm-hmm. speak. What are they saying? Yeah, I think fly on the wall for me as a gambler, if I could get into any two rooms in the oh. NFL this week, or if I could just get into any of the rooms and figure out who's playing who and how hard they're playing because, you know, th- there's some edges to be had this weekend, and I'd love to know. Um, we'll go to the next one. It's going to be St. Louis Memorial Award. I'm going to give it to Richie James. Anybody know why out there? Because he's playing football for the Chiefs. He's getting opportunities. Well, he's playing football for the Chiefs, but there was a point in that game last night after after Cincinnati scored in the second half. I love where, pop quizzes. Where they 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 just they they kind of squibbed the ball. Mm-hmm. Like it just went short and it took a really bad bounce. And Richie James being able to fall on that thing, I think it's the difference between them winning that game and not winning that game. It was a huge play on special teams for them to be able to come up with that ball. And Richie James deserves some credit. I like that. He's also not named Kadarius Tony. I like Dude. <laughs> Did they sit him? I had I haven't seen a lot of them. Look, yeah. Haven't seen him on my there's, bench. There's such a there's such a problem there. But I mean it's it's gotta be looking better. So let's go Memorial. Harrison Butker. Yep. No missed extra points on the season. One missed field goal. He was great six for six yesterday. They've been riding him heavy for the last five weeks. The defense plays well. Butker gets field goals. Um now we're doing best seed in the house. Yeah. Rams. Boarding the flight, watching Pittsburgh beat Seattle. Oh, that's so beautiful, yeah. isn't it? Subsequently, getting them a playoff spot. I mean, I I I, I could share that. Um, you know, for I mean, what other teams probably had good seats in the house for, for watching their rooting interest? 49ers. Lose? The 49ers, right? Saturday night, they're chilling. They're like, oh, no, we they're walking w-. up the field. You see Debo, like, and someone's holding up a phone, and they're like. Yes. Yeah, but just the fact that like Saturday night, oh, you yeah. know, Detroit getting the loss, you know, if we take care of business against Washington, we're going to have many bots. Even better, it was New Year's Eve. Yeah. So you know, like you have bottle reservations, yeah. tables, and it's just like one of those things you're on the fence. If you lose, am I even going out? Worst seat in the house or fly on the wall, another one would be the Eagles players trying to get their tables Saturday <laughs> night. Huh. Or Sunday night after that game. Like, yep. even going out in public, I know just by watching this team play that some of those guys went out in public. Oh. Yeah, like, I, I, don't and fault, that, I don't fault that. Like, I don't I don't like that. I'm but, not going in but, public after that. But you have to. But <clears throat> you have to know what that entails and what that can come with in a city like Philadelphia. Like, hearing the DJ be in the mic and be like, Eagles players in the house. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good day, but the damn Eagles lost. Or the potential of even that little bit. I, I'm not going to be out there for that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just kind of wonder how that went. Game ball. Ramon Smith in the Ravens' second-half defense. And I'll give it to Lamar Jackson. I mean, you know, I don't want to overthink this. Lamar Jackson is everything right with our sport. I, I say, You know what's fun for me? Explaining to my kids, like, who they should watch and why. And, like, I can remember a couple weeks ago watching the Eagles game. It just kind of came out. I wasn't thinking about it. But Devontae Smith made a big catch or he did something smart. And I was like, Waylon, that's the guy. I was like, you want to watch a guy do everything right be a great teammate, say the right things. Like, this guy, Devontae Smith, is awesome. And I love being able to, to watch TV as a dad and look at positive examples and point to him. And Lamar is the guy yesterday that I was like, Waylon, you're not just looking at the MVP. You're looking at maybe one of the best teammates in the league. You're looking at a guy that after the game says all the right things. He's focused on winning. And when his teammates are around him, you can tell they're having fun and they love playing with him. And I think that's just as important as – 
as how good he is on the field is like we were gifted this talent and he could have been an asshole. He could have been all types of people. You know, we've seen some elite players over the years act certain ways, but we are so lucky to have Lamar Jackson on the field, but also the guy he is. So I just want to give him his flowers as a, as a football player and as a dude. Got a game ball? He gave it. You got oh, a yeah, yeah. game ball. I'm going to give it to Mike Tomlin. Nice. 17 years straight, <clears throat> um, over <clears throat> you know, 500 record. Yeah. So Steelers, Steelers don't die. And Mike Tomlin, all the. Who said the middle the, class is, is gone? <laughs> <laughs> all the outside, well, like we said earlier, all the outside noise happening and that team seeming like it's imploding, like. It takes a coach like this to, 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 to string things together and to see them keep women winning at the end of the year. Here's the deal. We Special. gave we gave George Pickens some shit the week before uh, we? they played the Bengals, right? <laughs> Everyone did. Everybody did. And he went out and played his ass off. Last week, I employed a certain strategy because I wanted them to hit the win total. <laughs> I started saying things about George Pickens on the pod. I said, he got a long-ass neck, bro. George is a weird name. You know, like how many wide receivers named George? So this week, I'm actually not going to say anything because I want the Bills in the playoffs. Oh, I see. So I'm just going to I'm going to butter them up. Man, the the Steelers, George Pickens, you're a Hall of Famer if you keep this up. No, that's seriously. The old, that's the old Belichick trick, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you talk you good up, about You big people. up your enemies yeah. so they, they yeah. take their guard down. I want to see the Bills in the playoffs. I mean, I'd love to see the Steelers in. for If they could both win, great. But, um, yeah. Let's hear your viral moment of the week, and then we'll wrap it up. My viral moment of the week <laughs> this week is going to <laughs> Kyron Williams' mother, <laughs> who is seen at the game when Kyron Williams is obviously trying to hand the ball to her in the stands. And a fan, a Giants fan, takes the ball. And the way she goes after this ball and has a textbook strip from this man wow absolutely great shut up yes this guy sucks look and then that's the second thing about this viral clip it's just as fans like when does it stop and like you can clearly see that this is his mother this is black friday behavior bro yes it's just like mindless consumerism but it's just like are you even that big of a fan? Like, what you just want an NFL ball? Like, you're clearly a giant. He's the fan. guy outside the hotel with the, with the sharpie. Oh, but yeah, like, and 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 I'm a and I'm a collector, and I'm a guy, and it's just even if you're that, it's just like, bro, that's someone's mom. And when does this stop? Like, when? Does and maybe he stop? didn't know that at the time. But even if it's a female, bro, I know. Like, why are it, you it, wrestling over a ball? You, it, it, that's clearly Clear. not going to you. Yeah. It's clearly not going to you, and it's something that we've seen on both ends this year become an issue or a meme. Or hey, that player last week it looked like he they try to make it seem like he's snatching the ball from a little kid when he's yeah, clearly yeah, yeah. trying to snatch the ball from a guy like this yeah. who was trying to be kind of – I don't even yeah. know what you call that, but it just needs I, to stop. I call that, I'm happy I, that the mom end up getting the ball. And man, also – Zombie if you, mode. If you watch oh, it – I got to have the ball. Yeah. If you watch it, Kyron Williams' dad, like it's one of those things where he probably knows his wife. He didn't even budge he in the situation. Bug. He's yeah. in the chair just sitting She's going to get it. She but, not punched that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that she got the ball – and, but I just thought the way she snatched it from him was amazing. By the way, Kyron Williams, really want to get you on the show. I didn't know you were from St. Louis. we oh, got to get all cool. the St. Louis guys uh, on the show uh, that are making noise in, in the NFL. Laporta, 
Love to have Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is a lot of fun. And what this about Rams sexy red? Fun. Sexy red's from we can get from we can get sexy red on. <laughs> I, I don't really know anything about sexy red other than that, like I saw her name a lot over the past year. Um, all right, well, I, with that, I, I would just like to be the first to um, offer condolences to Bo for not being allowed to go on the field man. for any other sporting oh. event because the Badgers just lost. Hollow man, Bo oh. for two in the last. He went two to days. the Badgers game today. He went to the Badgers. No, game. no. I, what was the score of that Badgers game? Honorary captain. Tune into Facebook. Tune into Facebook. The king. He might not even show up tomorrow. No, because he was the coin toss guy at the Eagles game, and yeah, then no. I mean, it's just like, like Bo Allen, Hollow man. Subscribe. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Bring your friends. Bring your friends. Guys, have a very happy new year. We will be back later in the week. Just something to, to, to note. Uh, Stanford C is moving to Fridays because there's not as much college football. Uh, I might drop a pod Wednesday solo. I got my new home studio up and running. Looks that place good. is great. We were watching the ISO, ISO, ISO. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so check that out. <laughs> You're about to run an ISO. I am a run Cheers. ISO. Uh, yeah, ISO. If I clear out, yeah. it's just going to be me, in the, me yeah, in the chair. I like that. And I don't know if you guys like it when it's just me in the chair, but I kind of like it. No offense to anybody else. I can start when I want. I can start on Tuesday night. So we'll see on Wednesday. I'll probably drop something, and that's how it's going to go the rest of the season. Steve on Friday. All right, take care. Have a happy 2000. Happy New Peace. Year. Peace. Peace.